0: Tip today in association with Slattery's of Poclon, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. SlatterysGarage.ie
1: Good morning, welcome along to Tip Today. 1800 938 007, our free phone number. Emma is looking after the show. she would be happy to hear from you today on this eve of Christmas Eve. Coming up on this morning's show, Johnny is with me, Johnny Luby with me live in studio. We'll be chatting to some more people with uh, temporary connections right around the world. Our listeners will share their Christmas traditions. We have Christmas cooking uh, tips with our own Ger O'Neill and Ali. And uh, the Friday panel will look back on... The year that was uh, 2022. So all of that and much, much more, on the way. You can text and WhatsApp 083311311. We have that fantastic prize to give away. We're giving it away today. 500 euro in cash to give to you, and it's in association with the good friends at Hall Alarms. They're celebrating 40 years in business, and they began. Uh, back in 1982. So all this week we've been playing uh, theme tunes from well-known TV shows from that year and we're looking for a final finalist today where this is concerned now our finalists so far are Louise Meany from Thurless, Catherine Cockton from Art Finan, Noreen Marnan from Dundrum and Tom Moore from Rose Green. We're looking for a final finalist and then just before 12 today we will give away the 500 euros so let me play you the theme from a 1982 TV show and this is what you have to identify today. So that's uh, the one to identify today and the only hint we'll give you is that, uh, um, yeah, go on, we, we'll be good to you. It's almost Christmas so it's an Irish TV show we're looking for today. Can you identify that? 0833113311 gives you your name, your details and um, obviously the answer to the question as well. Quick look at the headlines today right across the newspapers' covers coverage of the burial of Private Sean Rooney from the Church of the Holy Family in Dundalk and uh, headed then, of course, to uh, Donegal and uh, many photographs right across the newspapers today and uh, quotes from his mother's uh, few words as well at the ceremony and the headline in the Irish Times, In his life he has made me proud and in his death he has made me proud, said his mother. The Irish Indo, again, going with a photograph of a member of the Defence Forces paying tribute as the remains of Private Sean Rooney arrived for his funeral mass. Also on the front of the Indo today, we're hearing a dreadful story. A teenage girl who died of bacterial meningitis at University Hospital Limerick on Monday was left on a trolley for a period of 13 to 16 hours despite pleas from her family. Her name, Aoife Johnson, she was just 16 as I said, laid to rest yesterday in Shannon in County Clare, and She was remembered as a a beautiful, kind and somebody who brought light to the world. The uh, Irish Examiner, again, coverage of Sean Rooney's um, funeral. Also, we're hearing about a surge of winter illnesses, the worst yet. The HSE is bracing for a surge in winter virus infections in the coming days, which it says will bring the highest pressure on the state's health service that has ever been seen. And they put some sort of a uh, a team together yesterday, can you believe, uh, to, uh, to have a look at this um, situation. Even though they were getting warning from the nurses' union way back in uh, July, they still uh, didn't make themselves ready for this. It's just unbelievable. Uh, on the Irish Daily Mail then, we're reading that suspects have been identified in the fatal shooting of the uh, uh, peacekeeper, uh, Private Sean Rooney. And on the day that he was laid to rest in Donegal, the net has tightened, seemingly, on those responsible for killing the soldier and injuring three others. In the attack on the UN vehicle in Lebanon, which is now being described as premeditated, so there you go. It's a quick look at our newspapers today. If you want to comment on any of that, 083-311-3311. Johnny Luby is with me. Johnny, good morning
2: to you. Good morning, friend, and uh, of course, good morning. And uh, is it a happy Christmas,
1: Xmas, or oh Xmas? God, Christmas. Like? Yeah. Uh, Be dude, careful! Uh, Don't start a row straight away <laughs> now, on that you know, what do you make of that about the HSC? They put together a task force yesterday, even though they've been warned since last July. <laughs> really? It <laughs> is really? unbelievable, really. I
2: mean, Fran, I'm glad to tell you, dear, and they have told you on Tip FM, it is quite a good government. The world in its mother knew, listening to uh, uh, that girl there that's a representative for the nursing, and whatever I can think of her name. Nihai, yeah. yeah. she's yeah. A, a brilliant lady to yep. talk and speak and does talk the truth and isn't afraid to walk out into the wards and the hospitals and everything else to see what is actually going on. And the world in its New. Listening to the foreign news and everything else, that this thing was still rampant. Yeah. You know, uh, and now they're putting a task force together. They'll probably have to set up two or three other board meetings to uh, get it all all done properly. It's incredible, isn't it? The the,
1: the lack of planning and. Vision and oh, all friend, of Oh, friend, I'll TV.
2: tell you one thing. Listen, you could write two books on it and call both of
1: them Ripley's Believe. In <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not. Believe It or Not. Anyway, on a much happier note, you were in Nina for the tractor run, John. That's right, Jeff, yeah, friend. We had a, a
2: wonderful day there and uh, I was up a small bit early. So uh, fair play to Michael Cleary there, just above the tip FM, brought me That's in for man. tea and tart. And it was absolutely beautiful. And on my way down then, uh, there was a heap of stars there. And the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was unbelievable. But there was a bed. And Albert Parson, well capable of doing anything, he picked out this. And there was uh, numerous women or ladies uh, to uh, lie in the bed with me. (laughs) So this is at at 4 o'clock in the day. you know. (laughs) And this girl said uh, she knew me. She said, I lie in the bed with him if he has these long johns on because I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't... Uh, I, I wouldn't be safe with him. And I said, uh, "That's yeah, I said, uh, yeah, I said, I have. And she says, are they turning back to front? <laughs> I said, at my age, I said, it doesn't make it doesn't any make difference. Any so she hopped into the bed, Fran, and looked uh, as great brilliant. Crack, you know, there was a heap of photos flying around and that. Uh, and I wasn't... I wasn't back home in uh, Golden when my missus said, who are you in bed with? In <laughs> <me?">
1: <laughs> so, Up in
2: the yeah. Yeah. So, uh, look, it was uh, fantastic and the tractors yeah. and uh, fair play to the whole lot. I mean, I get asked every year maybe through uh, Eamon Gay and Linson, and they had a big combiner in it brilliant and the chap that uh, won the best overall team was after going off to America maybe sometime during the summer to get uh, uh, engaged uh, and that uh, but I met a Nora Kennedy there I wanted uh, her photo taken with me and I said why she said, to make my husband jealous <laughs> I, said, <laughs> <laughs> I said I hope I don't meet him but then Fran when it came to go away you know I said uh, to the chap that I was driving I said listen hey I said I- I just have a, I can't Google anything, but I said a fellow's after telling me how to get to Bodies in Caparo. So, friend, we duly arrived there about a half an hour later. I was telling a few lads, even drivers never even heard of it, they don't even know where it is. It's roughly out there, uh, Silver Mines Road, but it is some pub out in the middle of no place, you know. Uh, and that, and I went in, and of course, uh, uh, he said himself inside, he said, J- Johnny Luby. Never met the man in my life. He said, you're three weeks too late. You should have been here for the county ball draw. <laughs> so, anyway, friend, I have to say hello to a few lads that are there. Philip no, Mulqueen brother. and uh, Mike Sherlock, Dennis Keneally, Billy Grace, Kevin Gleeson, and uh, then Noel O'Mara, Dicky Ryan, Johnny O'Brien. He's a uh, Springer Spaniel trainer. Johnny Ryan, Anthony Ryan, and he... Underlined the real one. So I missed Joe too. He's there from Golden. He's domiciled up in that neck of the woods. So we had a couple of drinks. Well, I had a couple of drinks. Uh, my man, I'm lucky he's on uh, water. But uh, the next thing is uh, we set sail for. Uh, hickeys in uh, silver mines oh, great friend part. we had some cracked there, and i mean some cracked on yeah. i met every kind of a tulip <laughs> that was humanly possible <laughs> and uh, and uh, there was one it's great to hear the young fellas you know they listen at the tape of the there was one young fella dare say 19 or 20 and i went out to the gents mm. you know and uh he looked at his watch like that and i said what time is it said, just say five past nine or something like that so then I was talking to a fellow outside and smoked a fag and uh, came back in and the young fellow said nine minutes to pull your uh, Long John's back up I said stop Frank <laughs> this Long John thing the Long is, John's is going to, to, you're, you're going to, to have to start your own brand uh, of yeah, Long johns. but Frank then uh, the, the, the driver pushed me in on and he says, let me drive I said I know where I'm going here yes so anyway you know, we come to the Borrissili Nina Road And uh, I said to him, signposts up here said they have been known to interfere, which I said, go straight across. (laughs) Friend, we went straight across and ended up in Tumi (laughs) Vale. And I'm trying to get back to Golden. And mentioning <laughs> Boris I Lee, half these, congratulations to them on winning the North on the 21. Uh, seemingly, it was a great game. And as I'm saying that, then I might as well throw the Tarsfields in with it in the mid. Uh, yeah. Because uh, they won it. But look, we had a fantastic night. We, I'd say hopefully a good few pounds was raised uh, for uh, the two well-known charities. And uh, that looked fantastic. That's Albert Postley, is some organiser. Uh, he's top-class. Top top you know,
1: top why? Aren't you happy with the teams going out of Tipperary, Johnny?
2: What oh, yeah, I heard uh, Mr. Kennedy, the chairman, said this morning yeah. there on the radio, and uh, he's quite a good chairman, but uh, he said, look, our three uh, senior teams as such. But, like, the way I see it is, the senior team goes out. Uh, this year it was Kilwan McDonagh's. The Premier Intermediate goes out. This year it was Ross Gray. They're the first two teams. The fourth team, Junior A, goes out. The fifth team, Junior B, goes out. But the third misfortunate team, which is the golden kilnfuegals of this world, and it is Laura Dora this year, they don't go at all, at all. Why? And for the life of me, I can't understand why uh, that uh, the intermediate team, they'd only maybe look enough to win, it, to win it once as such in their lifetime, even if they went up to come back down intermediate again. And it's amazing that they don't go out. I mean, I, I can't understand. I see, uh, I've been saying this for a few months that. Uh, uh, maybe they want the Golden Kilfeacle team and uh, Kappa White and the Kickhams and Laura Dora and maybe Carrick Devins and Skinner I mean, like Skinner Rinky last year, were beaten in the Munster final by mm. Belly Giblin. Mm. Belly Giblin won the Munster final last year. Now they're still in the All Ireland final this year. Whereas uh, Belly, uh, our, our team, Skinner had to go up intermediate. I don't know, maybe...
1: I'm confused. You see,
2: uh, maybe, well, I was going to say Mr. (laughs) Flyd. But you see, Mr. Flyd is retired, but I found out, Brian. anyway. Did you? I did, and this is confidential to all the listeners. Just between He's one of the all-time greats. He's gone working with Roadstone. Indeed. Yes, full wow. time. So if you want lime for the land uh, and that any <laughs> of the farmers out there, uh, just mention that you heard it on Tip FM, there's a 5% reduction immediately. <laughs> now, Timmy, are you happy? <laughs>
1: mention, mention Johnny Luby's Long Johns and you get 5% off. I love no, it. I love no, it indeed. They
2: have lime. For lime. The, lime for uh, the Roadstone and Timmy flight. OK. Right. You'll get 5% off of that as well. <laughs>
1: All right, I right, Very good indeed.
2: The, the county board, the Tipperary the football medals tonight. That's right, Jeffrey, after uh, two years held up with COVID and if they don't get them out tonight due to the COVID that's around, they'll be, the medals will be antiques. <laughs> I'll tell you. They have a wonderful uh, uh, night tonight in the Manila. It's the Friends of Tipperary Football and you can still get your ticket for €20 Euro if you go into your club or log into the Friends of Tipperary Football because, look... I didn't know a, a huge amount about it, but there's always a great story behind them, friend. Uh, for all the schools that play in the football in April and May and all of that thing, they frame all the football teams properly hmm. and they count the friends of Tipperary football and send it back to the school. They also supply two footballs to each school around in the county. There's probably a hundred and twenty or thirty uh, juvenile, uh, or youngster schools in that hmm. uh, and that. So uh, they have a draw tonight for twenty euro. You can win twenty thousand so hopefully please God uh, they'll have a good night there in the Manila Hotel where they have all the players on the panel uh, except my nephew Liam Casey who's in far off Australia but his dad and mum are going tonight to, uh, mm. to the Manila so hopefully they'll have a uh, have a great night there but all the rest of them are back from Australia and every place else in the last couple of years like it was a wonderful thing to win after maybe 75 or 80 odd years to win the Munster Senior Football Final two years ago when they beat Cork in the final so uh Oh, yeah. going oh, well, well done we have listeners in London yeah yeah. did you want to That's mention That's right, Jeff. Yeah, because, yeah. I, yeah, friend. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Evans is home from England at the moment and his brother Ben. Charlie is actually the PRO of London County Board. And I think his uncle, Jonathan Cullen, is the PRO of Tipperary County Board. That's an unusual thing an uncle it's and a nephew. Yeah. Uh, Louise is the mum and she listens every Friday morning. So good morning to uh, uh, Louise. And also, uh, I want to say hello to a guy called William Marooney of Garner Villa. He's tuned in every week, friend, to yourself. Uh, and uh, that's sort all. Of, uh, say hello to all of them. And of course, uh, friend. The other day, uh, when I was sitting down at home, uh, I normally take off the glasses when I'm reading. Even though I'm 68 years of age, my gla- my eyesight seems to be improving for reading. <laughs> so I came back in with a cup of tea in the hand, friend, and new glasses sat down on top of them. Oh, stop! Yeah, made. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, one haims. of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made a heaps of them, and they were quite dear. And uh, I got, I get them from Fitzgerald's Opticians in Tiptown, just above. An uh, old well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anyway, I told her that the tr- she said, You're after telling me the truth. She says, It's not a cock and bull story. She says, and for you, she says you have the glasses at half price. Ah, fair play! So a fair play, to you know. They came from these uh, glasses came from Spain. It is right. amazing that they can't make the frames in that here in Ireland. You know, these ones. That's what they told me anyway.
1: Right, but do, thought, you, uh, to take you, of course, you you need glasses from <laughs> Spain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, we had a, 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 a good old chat up there, so I got these new glasses the other day. So thanks to uh, Fitzgerald's opticians and uh, in uh, Tim the We're, we're
1: hearing the intermediate champions always went forward until this year and the introduction of the Premier intermediate grades is one of our listeners. I don't understand Yeah, I understand that. Understand that do yeah, you understand? What, I do.
2: Well, explain it. Yeah. Uh, the intermediate champions for the last number of years, but you see, this year they went to uh, the senior hurling team and they had two teams in two senior groups in Tipperary. And, uh, Dan Breen and the And the uh, Cup winners were, they never went out for the last couple of years because uh, there, was no, there was no other team out there to play them so d- they called him the premier intermediate team then okay. and so they go out so uh, the, the intermediate team which is us we don't go out but your listener there thanks for uh, texting in but that's, I want to know why doesn't the intermediate team go out is it that the county board want to get that intermediate grade called junior A
1: and the right. and wh- thing, what difference would that make, then? Would that be seen to be a demotion? Or yeah, something? well, it's wood only
2: in name. Yeah, yeah. Only in name. But you see, uh, it's like everything else. Any of us don't. We all want to go forward. Right, Nobody course, wants to come backwards. Because yeah. uh, they have a junior A in Limerick, Cork, Clare and Waterford. But seemingly they don't have an intermediate. Because uh, the, their intermediate is called junior A.
1: Ah, OK, I see. But so, you're looking for answers from the county board on that, That's this, right,
2: yeah. Ja. I mean, like, hopefully there's some of <laughs> them up that will be able to tell us that if I was at that county board AGM that time that this was done, right. I'd be saying, hold your horses, Mr Chairman. Where does the intermediate team go now? Right. So look at L- Lora Dora they b- had a brilliant year won everything by as a, a, a such a cricket score mm. a 7 and 8 and 10 points and uh, Lora Dora the one time that they win it they go no place so they nowhere to go yeah no place to go so it's just disappointing for them and if we're lucky enough in Golden this year to uh, uh, win it uh, we won't be going any place either well, well, you're always going places, but, but I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure where. Rugby? What about the monster win? Yeah, yeah monster. friend had a good yeah. win. A good win as such last weekend. Although uh, they're playing Leinster on Stevens' day. I think he's in Toman Park. I nearly. I think he's in Toman Park. Monster. Uh, Look, they're a, a work in progress. They're going to take another year or two, uh, and that, and in that year or two, then Peter Mahoney and uh, mm. Conor Murray and them will probably be retired and Earls and all them. So you have to try and replace them as well. So it's going to be maybe taking two or three years. Dennis Leamy here from cashless he was with Leinster for a few years, mm. has done wonders with them with what he has uh, and that, but they're going to find it very hard to, uh, uh, we'll say, to go into the quarter-final, semi-final, I would think. And uh, that Leinster, are the form team, friend, are baiting everybody in sight. They have a panel of players that has to be seen to be believed, top class, you know, and uh, that. There was a huge crowd, friend, when we were passing through on. Uh, uh, Sunday last, that their big race meeting, mm. uh, and that did a huge crowd there. So fair place, and them everything went off in tip-top shape. And of course, now for the Christmas, we have uh, the Lepelstown on for four days, and you also have Limerick Racecourse inside the four days as well, where there's every kind of a party piece. Dinners you can get the whole lot there for maybe twenty-five, thirty, or forty euro. Uh, and that uh, so tis uh, all systems go for Limerick Racecourse for the four days uh, right. in there. You know it is the nearest dearest. And, and nearest y-
1: You're us. taking to the stage with myself and Muriel as well. Yeah, Fran, yeah. Christ I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting nightmares over this
2: because I, I there's lots of things I can do, but there's a and nice load of things I kind of I kinda get embarrassed, uh, Do you uh, yeah. when I when I go in front of a crowd, you know. I I'd mean, say that all right, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I'd say that. You'd be shy, you <laughs> I'd see. Shy, yeah. it is. Yeah. I, is it sometime in February in, uh, It's the eleventh of February, yeah, in Brew Brew in yeah. And already I, I even without advertising <laughs> loads of tickets are gone for it already. Yeah, so I right? met
2: a fella man at Mass in Golden and uh John English and the wife Kay. <laughs> and he said uh, we're going to see you I said John you've seen me for the last 65 <laughs> years I said he says we're going in he said to see what are you capable of he, doing he wants know? to see
1: us make a show of ourselves to. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it is yeah. Yeah. that's and the 11th of February and uh, Johnny and uh, Michael Collins will be there and Gabe Razzle and a whole
2: bunch of us and friend, if there's anybody listening out there in, mm. uh, in the silver mines they might tell me did I win something last night in the draw because uh, I did join the draw you know, you I bought give, the ticket I bought the ticket I gave 29 euro and 80 cent for a pint of Guinness and <laughs> the uh, Silver Mines the, yeah and the Silver Mines ticket so somebody rang me last like, night but I don't know what they are kind of uh, having to crack All right okay you know?
1: well but, if somebody is up in the Silver
2: Mines they might like to let us know that's about right yeah you okay. see and uh, look Fran I suppose to wish everybody a happy Christmas uh, and that and the uh, Look, the best health in the new year. You
1: you enjoy Christmas yourself? I don't really, friend. No,
2: No, I don't. You see, uh, the other night, Catherine wanted to go shopping into uh, uh, one of the big stores in Tipperary Town. And uh, you see, I I needed a care. R- okay. so she, first of all she nearly got a weakness when I said I'll go shopping with you <laughs> so Fran I pulled this trolley around the first thing I was asked for was a euro kind for the two euro kinds for this trolley yes and uh, Fran we went up and down aisles fairly rapid you know and I said you'll have to get uh, this
1: was your main Christmas shopping was yeah, it
2: right. I said uh, we need rice I said like my mammy lot I used to make the rice I said and gem inside all Christ. Oh, oh the world. I, 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 know, know, I, I well. I love and the then gem. I went to over to another uh, column. Then and I said, uh, "We need custard." I said, "Like my mummy used to <laughs> make it, you know." And I was a kind of serious. Well, friend, we nearly had a flaming row inside the meeting. She said, "Not nope, a bit of your mummy a lots of milk and written tea." You. <laughs> <laughs> it's a look after you. Yeah, but uh, you. yeah, friend, look, uh, uh, wonderful days. But I suppose, Fran, friend, for, for all of us out there, we have lost." Uh, uh, well, before I go to that, uh, uh, I just see on the Tipperary Papers, National Stands there, where uh, uh, they've set up the Dylan Quirk Foundation, yeah. which is a brilliant uh, thing, you know, uh, and that uh, people might think that looked uh, look this completely for the GA clubs. I would encourage all clubs, you know, soccer, rugby, golf clubs, you name it, uh, to uh, support this in whatever way they can on the GoFundMe page. It was apart from going through the history of Dylan with Mm. That' and off in Clenolty, Ross More as a young soon and up in Kilfiegel then for another couple of years and then back where his beloved Clenolty, Ross more and Tiberi and that uh, I suppose uh, all of us uh, were taken aback and still today feel the shock of it you know I don't know how they're going to survive over the Christmas like so you know they'll need their friends coming in and out and that and yeah. uh, look at it's a GoFundMe page and do what you can if you want to give a euro it's brilliant if you want to give 20 euro that's fantastic and if you want to give something maybe two lads that join up and throw in a fiver each instead of having an extra pint someplace you know that kind of what yeah, you like absolutely it. so that's uh, a GoFundMe page that's up and running that's now, right and all these smart tulips out there that were able to find it on the GoFundMe sure, thing you course, know yeah, but I suppose course. friend there's a heap of other people out there as well you know them and without naming many uh, mm. they have, you know that we lost during the year, yeah, and, uh, sure. and they'd be gone from the Christmas table, you know, and like uh, just to think of all them, like it's tough going, you know. Mm. And the other morning, friend, uh, you had a chap on from Australia. He was going out with a girl from he married to a girl from Littleton. That's right. That's right. He was an absolutely fantastic speaker. Neil was his name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he and you really. Def- Put
1: it out oh, there yeah, the way it yeah. is. Like, They'd uh, love to come home, but there's nothing here. Yeah, so but what are you coming true. home to? Yeah. You know, uh, they, can't, they can't get a house, they can't, you know, I mean, that, they can't get a comparable job. That's it's right,
2: yeah. You see, and, I liked, and it's amazing, like, everyone that you had on like they all told the story and uh, today you'll have somebody on again in far off let it be London or yeah. uh, Germany or France or whatever the case may be you know and I suppose friend, uh just to say that morning, noon and night I know we have the COVID but we also have the climate change mm. thing as well and it, it gets on my go to think are we the only country in the world I mean like France, Germany, uh, Denmark you name all the big countries uh, Italy, America, Russia uh, China uh, Australia, New Zealand. I mean, they should put up a comparison and see what have they to do. Mm. You know, compared to what we are expected to do. I mean, like, farming is coming down 10%. I don't know mm. what that happen, friend. They, he wants well, to have... Pu- they're pushing farmers into culling, basically, into cutting back on the herds. you know. I mean, but you see, friend, it's an amazing thing, and bef- before the Greens came on board, they were pushing the farmers to gain extra That's cows. Right. And right. we'd only a small percent of the market. That's right. You know, and here yeah. the Greens... Like, I've nothing against the Greens, friend. Yes, you do. I, I haven't. I actually... Look, in case they're listening, I loved them. I was <laughs> 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 the man in cash and I said, love I loved them. them. <laughs> in case they're listening. I don't but, uh, yeah, friend. look, I know we have to have it, and I've said it before, mm. but you see, there's no point in... in look... We can go on about the way the tough situation was handled. You see, mm. we handle everything wrong with I the know, government. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, a, a good government, like, look, we had the Zappone Gate. Mm. We had uh, that Galway, Golf Club. Classic mm-hmm. gate, yeah. you know, and then the way in, and I've said it for an umpteen times, the way Phil Hogan was treated by Fine Gael themselves was an absolute scandal. I know Fianna Fail was in government with them, but does Fine Gael really handle the show? I wouldn't be Phil Hogan, but I know him quite well. Mm. Uh, 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 his he, biggest he
1: came out during the week. Did you hear that interview? He no, did with Sean I
2: did not. But oh, I tell was you, very friend, scathing uh, about he was the only one really. To walk the plank. Whilst the whip was taken off of a couple of the fellas here and there, bottom, and a few more of them, like and he's chairman now of the Senate. Mm. And the chairman of the Senate gets an extra fifty or sixty thousand, mm. maybe
1: seventy thousand ah, just to it.
2: chair just to chair the meetings.
1: Somebody wants to know, is there a women's <laughs> is there a women's version of Long John's that Johnny would recommend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. I don't know, friend. All yeah, don't right, but friend
2: look yourselves in Tip FM and uh, oh, everybody else you. and uh, and as opposed to the likes of the Billy Hayes and uh, the Michael Fogartys in Tip and the Devitts in Cashel the big team mighty please, well mighty men but I'd love to be able to salute him this time next year <laughs> 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 alright I, I, we're meeting up in the bridge house are we later on well yeah god, friend uh, us yeah. Us yeah please god, god yeah. I have to all go right. out to dinner in clonality with the bread snappers we've <laughs> ate them uh, up
1: today so have, you? I have well, yeah. well alright Johnny happy Mike Christmas to you and thanks for everything hey, thanks Johnny, for Johnny. thank you thanks. we'll take a break back in a moment
3: Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 1800
1: 938 007. We're going to the Netherlands now and uh, to Paddy Vervoort. Uh, Good morning to you, Paddy. Good morning, friend. How's it going? Very well, and Great to talk to you today, Paddy. Um, You're not Irish, Paddy, at all. In fact, you're 100% Dutch. Is that right?
4: Well, well, in fact, I'm a plastic Paddy, as they call it. (laughs) Or or in Harry Potter terms, they call me a muggle.
1: (laughs) A muggle? Oh, I, I... A muggle. That
4: means completely not Irish, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure about unfortunately, but we're delighted to speak <laughs> to you today, Paddy, because I, I'm intrigued at what you do. You're involved in Irish bands. I mean, bands like Riverflow and Polkstra and that sort of thing. Why, why are you so into Irish music, Paddy?
4: Well, it's a long story, actually, but um, I had a favourite band in, here in the Netherlands. They call it Rowan and Haze. uh, Rowan Hazer did play uh, a couple of covers from the Polks. And I really like Roho and So they came up with the pokes, and I started to collect some music from the pokes. And within the pokes, you come over to the Dubliners and more traditional Irish music. So, and that's where it started to grow a bit. And, uh, well,
1: and it's a virus. A, a, a virus, God, don't I know? But I was looking at some of your work on, on uh, YouTube, and the bands are fantastic. I mean, there's such energy about them. And I see the reaction from the audience over there is amazing.
4: Thanks, it's very nice to hear a friend. Uh, well, it's it's really fun to do, you know, and that's one thing that, that's that's the common uh, thing with us, just make fun, you know. There's, there's too much trouble in, in, in the world already, so with within the music, uh, you can make a lot of fun, you know, and that's, that's one well, that's serious one, for thing sure. with us.
1: You, you've been here to Tipperary. You've played in Tipperary a few times.
4: Yeah, well, well this must be 28 years ago or something. Uh, we played in Mac. Uh, Kilmanahan, Clomel, that's surrounding, yeah. Right, very good There um, are a, a family, a Beckett family. They're living in Kilmanahan and in Mech. and we've been there on holiday. We took our instruments with us, and we played a couple of times here and there. At,
1: uh, Fantastic. About 28
4: so. years ago or so,
1: yeah. Right, so you, you do a, a return trip at some point or other, Paddy.
4: Every now and then when there's money and there's time, Yes, we really would like to come over and, and make some music and have some fun. You know, it's a, it's a lovely country you live in. And
1: yeah, well, that's that's very kind of you to say. You you said my heart has a bit of Irish in it. What is it about us that you find? Because we're always very critical of ourselves here, Paddy. So I'm just wondering, what is it about us?
4: It, it it's really hard for me to explain, but it's you're so friendly, most of most of you. Well, when we go to Ireland, there's always someone. Who can help you out when you have problems if you don't know the way uh, people walk with you? They go with you. uh, They are proud to their uh, culture and to their nature and to their, well, to everything almost. And um, they they take life, well, they take life serious, but not as serious. And they make a joke of every situation, you know. It's hard for me to explain, but I don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, but, but you feel some sort of a kinship uh, with us, Paddy, in some way, do you?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know where we're from, you know. We The first time we came to Ireland, uh, we were playing Belly Mac. It was uh, Melody's Pop yeah. in Belly Mac. Yeah.
5: Uh,
4: great, great place, was it? And we played there with Nora Hogan. She's oh, a great uh, squeezebox. Uh, Nora's
1: fantastic. I produced an album for, for Nora, would you believe, many, many years ago. Fantastic uh, musician, yeah.
4: Yeah, she she was really and well she she gave me the name patty um, did she as, as in a way you're a real patty like you're a real Irishman <laughs> and I was really proud of that and at the time well actually my my real name is Roy and at that time we had about three Roys in in a friend front group so uh, all the friends took over that name and hey patty that's patty that's patty
1: so you've been <laughs> patty was, ever Whoa. ever since ever since
4: ever since Patty yeah that's Only great. for 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 uh Serious things. I'm, I'm right. You're right. Mostly is Patty, Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, well, we're delighted to hear it. I'm d- just thinking. Um, I I know very little about Dutch folk music. I mean, is there a folk music in your country?
4: Uh, I, it's not really folk. It's it's well, it's 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 Dutch music, but well, it's not really folk. No, most of the folk music that we play, it's it's a, a little bit related to to the Irish music or the yes. Scottish music, but. Well, it's not really I mean, well, we have the paling sound. It's called the eel sound. Yes. That's music from from Volendam, and
1: well, right. but is, is there not is there not clog dancing and the like and doesn't that have a background of Ah, that must be 100 years ago or so. Or is it? Oh, right, all right, right. I'm I'm <laughs> once again I'm way behind, Paddy, you see. <laughs> Well, we got normal shoes now at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but I meant where dancing was. I I thought there was a thing called clog dancing, but I'm I'm uh, probably w- way off the mark on that. Yeah,
4: that that, that that's the really, that's the old school traditional stuff. But but don't see that. that that's a th- the thing with we that I like about Ireland. They keep hanging on their culture and their traditions, and here in the Netherlands, it's fading away. You know, by 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 years now. And
1: uh, yeah. But but, but, well, but in in the 19 in the 1960s here in Ireland I mean you were like a second class citizen if you were playing Irish traditional music and the like it's mm. only it's only in the 70 well the late 60s into the 70s that it began to be cool to be playing trad music and and uh, Irish dancing again Paddy. Yeah and,
4: and it got cooler by years I think. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. But but I uh, you you even even the youngsters they pick it up. Like bands like the popes, they brought the traditional music back to to the to that year, you know, and and, and they're still playing bands like Flog and Molly, Dropkick Murphy's. They still got their uh, their influence, you know, uh, their roots. They put the roots in their music and, and that's what I like.
1: Yeah, and, I, you,
4: and you don't see that over here, you know.
1: And I'm sure you know the Shane McGowan has a, a great Tipperary background from up around Shenroom yeah. there. Yeah. And we're very if, if from very uh, yeah, up around Shinron Pecan there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- beautiful area yeah. as well. And I'm delighted to say he's out of hospital and he's doing well. So I'm sure you're glad to hear that as well. Is he a great hero yeah. of yours, Paddy?
4: Well, he is. He is the, the most brilliant hero that I've ever see, seen. So he's brilliant. He's really brilliant. I got a great big collection of uh, Pope stuff, uh, Shame and stuff here, you know, like, like records and CDs and pictures and name it. Yeah, it, uh, I'm a big fan of him.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think
4: it was great to hear that he's out of hospital yeah, just before his
1: birthday. It's great, great news altogether. I think "Rainy Night in Soho" is one of the greatest songs of all time. You know? It's
4: one, one of the best, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just absolutely well, he, he's got a lot. How and he definitely he wrote the best Christmas song ever. You know, well,
1: there's, there's no doubt about that. That's for sure. Um how will you celebrate Christmas, Paddy? How does that work in the Netherlands?
4: I don't know actually how it is in Ireland, but I think it's it's almost the same. It's, it's a a fast for a feast for family and, and relatives. You know, it's uh, on on Christmas Eve. Uh, um, years ago, all the families got to church, but that's fading away now. The church is more it, it, it's well, it's a place for for different things. They make a health center of it because there's no one going to church anymore here in the Netherlands and normally on Christmas Eve uh, the the church was packed with people, with families but you don't see that that much now at the moment but on first Christmas day well it's a day full of family and eating and drinking and... uh,
1: Very good but you do celebrate on the 25th do you?
4: Yeah we do, we do. do. we also have uh, well, we call it Second Christmas Day. You probably call it Saint Stephen's Day or, or Boxing Day.
1: Saint Stephen's Day here, yes. Mm.
4: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a day that we mostly go to to the pub for a drink.
1: And, uh, oh, very good indeed. Well, I was delighted to amazing. talk. To you. If you're ever back in Tipperary, will you come in? You might come into the studio and play us a few songs, and we can have a bit of a chat. Oh, that.
4: that would be cool. Yeah, we tried to. Well, we, it, it's hard for us to come over, you know, uh, um, because of the money and. Of course. And, we really would like to come over with, 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 like to, with our band Boys from the County Hell. Yes. Try to make plans to come over, and, and it would be great to to step in the FM studio and uh, well, play you'd a couple be, of songs. You'd be from, you know.
1: welcome here anytime. And if there's venues out there listening to us that would like to host the Boys from the County Hell, um, I'm sure you'd like to hear from them, Paddy. Ah,
4: that would be cool. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be great.
1: Okay. Well, be cool we're,
4: if we're, there any venue is uh, who's interested in us. So.
1: Absolutely. We'll put because, you in touch with some people because it's a great act, it's absolutely fantastic. Paddy can I wish you and your family a very happy Christmas lovely to talk to you today
4: Same to you friend, have a happy Christmas and also to all the uh, friends and and all the listeners for, from uh, Pip FM right. and right. to Colette Guidera, Ken Horn, the Becker family uh, a very happy Christmas to you all.
1: Alright, take good care of yourself Paddy, bye bye you now and uh, that's Paddy Ververt uh, from the Netherlands today with some Tipperary connections uh, there and uh, I love the fact that he mentioned my great friend Nora Hogan uh, amazing musician and uh, we did a lot of recordings many, many years ago with Sir Martin Murray and uh, I have lovely, happy memories of all of that. Alright, we'll take a break we'll be back with more. By the way, have you got Christmas memories you would like to share with us because we'll be chatting about that over the next while. So are there particular memories of Christmas you'd like to share with us? 083 311 double three, double one.
0: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie
1: Now, just while I remember, thank you so much to everybody who took the trouble to send us Christmas cards and much, much uh, appreciated and thank you for all of the lovely messages that we've received over the last uh, few days. And uh, a couple of things to mention to you. Um, The Many Faces of Cashel, that wonderful, wonderful series of books put together by Mark Fitzell, the photographer in Cashel. uh, Volume 5 is available now. Okay, so it's available since uh, Wednesday in the shops in the town, or indeed from Mark himself. And I know that many people are very anxious to get their hands on volume five of that wonderful, wonderful collection, indeed. And my old friend Mickey Moore from Cashel, the trumpet player and the carpenter, he's on the front. Uh, The front cover of it and I'm delighted to see that and I'm delighted that he's uh, acknowledged so beautifully uh, on the book as well. Fran, tell Johnny that the Silverman's uh, draw isn't on until the new year. There's plenty of time for anybody to get a ticket, €25 to win 25000 and what a lovely idea for a Christmas present, says Tim Ryan this morning. Well done to you Tim and a happy uh, Christmas to you. Eileen joins me. Good morning to you Eileen.
6: Good morning, Sam. How are you?
1: I'm very well indeed, Eileen. But more importantly, how are you on this run-up to Christmas? Have you all your bits and pieces done? Or are you stressed oh, at I this do. point?
6: Oh, of course I do. And I do cough there lately. And I have uh, my honey and lemon lollipop here with me. I said you'd think I was going to sing a song with you this morning.
1: Well, you, you'd, be, <laughs> you'd be welcome to do so, Eileen. You never know. But tell me, you have a honey and lemon lollipop. Is that what you say? I
6: have. And they're lovely. There's Manuka honey in them. And right. I got them in the hill
1: food shop in Keogh, and are great for a cough. My God Almighty. Isn't that very interesting? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that you could get a lollipop for a cough, but I'll have to I I'll know. have to try it, yeah. How are the frogs yeah, going, done. by the way?
6: Good, well, I didn't see one since anyway. Not a final
1: one. <laughs> that still knows, because the last time you and I spoke, we got a great laugh out of this, that the frogs had sort of decided to, to emigrate. Yeah. Yeah.
6: They're and I was on since with Alison. Yeah. I think you were on holidays, and yes. I was talking about reusable toilet paper at the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the mind boggles, Eileen. The, the mind, mind boggles. <laughs> boggles, doesn't it? Indeed. Have you particular traditions around Christmas? Say that would have come from your um, your own family, Eileen.
6: Um, we have all the usual ones now. Um, I was actually talking to a man this morning in London. And he's from Tipperary. Hmm. He's from St. Patrick's Avenue, Larry Fitzgibbon, and he wanted me to mention him on the radio. Very
1: good. Hello to Larry and, uh, and Happy Christmas. Yeah.
6: Yeah. And uh, he had bubble and squeak for his breakfast, and that is a great traditional Irish breakfast.
1: What is that and again? He is had, that cabbage and potato? It is. is, is, it? is.
6: Yeah. He said uh, that is cabbage, mashed potato and onion, and you mix it and shape it into cakes. Yuck. And you fry it. <laughs> yeah. <Yuck. laughs> And you fryers with eggs and bacon.
1: Oh God, yeah, it wouldn't be bad except for the onion, I'd say. Um, yeah,
6: yeah. I yeah. thought you'd be set up for the day after God, anyway. Wouldn't wouldn't you, for
1: for <laughs> breakfast, for breakfast, imagine. For breakfast,
6: and he said, um, "You'd get your, you'd have your bacon and cabbage in the evening, and you'd make sure to get enough cabbage and potatoes that you could have your bubble and squeak in the morning." God. Right. I
1: know okay. and and uh, did you ever have bubble and squeak for breakfast
6: I didn't no I'm not know i am not i am not a great one for the breakfast like I'd have to be going a couple of hours now before I could um uh, yeah. before yeah. I could look at rations or anything that way <laughs>
1: yeah, a bit, bit like <laughs> bit like that myself yeah. What, wh- yeah what what about Christmas dinner will you have all of the trimmings Eileen
6: well would you believe Um, my daughter's a vegetarian and I'm not great at eating meat either oh. but I said when I come on with fine now I said, I'll say to him, I'm going to have a leg of duck for
1: Christmas dinner. <laughs> a leg of duck? So, no, no turkey in Eileen's place.
6: No turkey, no, no. no. Wow. And, and, and um, yeah. if I even cook turkey, I just wind up giving it to the dog, like. Do you?
1: do um, you know,
6: it's hard to go at dinner, like.
1: Right. Yeah. So, what does a vegetarian eat for a Christmas dinner? Your daughter?
6: Well, you'd eat, um, you'd eat the spuds and the vegetables, basically. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And um we don't we don't mind about meat like you know. Yeah. Like I used to like meat. And um my daughter then she said say to me, you know, you shouldn't be eating that like and gradually then, <laughs> gradually then I got it. <laughs> Did you?
1: I, I have to admit I love meat, Eileen. I c I I couldn't I know, it yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah.
6: sure, i say each to their own. And, and don't, you don't
1: you don't miss it now, do you?
6: No, no well I eat a mad bit, a small bit like you know.
1: Right. You're not a complete vegetarian. No, 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 no. Right. But I
6: didn't eat beef now in years and
1: years, like. Did you not? God, no, the, no. The, the poor old farmers out there will be... Know, be there'll be good tears good, in good their bad eyes. Bad, anyway. yeah. I mean, no Yeah. No Christmas cards for you from farmers this year, I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm
6: afraid not. <laughs> I'm bad for the beef industry.
1: <laughs> You've ruined the beef industry. that's I ruined it. That's... That's what it is, yeah. And and <laughs> do do you enjoy Christmas, Eileen? Is it is it a nice time well, for you?
6: It is a nice time. You get a few days off work like so. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing anyway, isn't it? Yeah, they And get... I took only my birthday um, on Wednesday and the shortest day of the year.
1: On this coming Wednesday?
6: No, Wednesday gone, there. Oh, Wednesday
1: gone, right, okay.
6: Yeah, and uh, I said that's why I'm uh, short because I was born on the shortest day of the year. And um, I
1: was born on a Wednesday and that was a half day in if that's another reason I've shot. A half day in <laughs> Oh, I love it, I love it. And, and t- tell me this, is it a problem? Because my son was born on the 29th of December and he always oh, feels lovely. that he gets sort of, you know, an unfair run of things because kind of there's a combination of presents between Christmas oh, yeah, and the birth. Did you I find that, you. Eileen?
6: Like a person could give you a present and, and they say that's for your birthday and the Christmas now that
1: <laughs> Yeah, so it is the cheap way out, isn't it?
6: <laughs> yeah, you can kill two birds with the one stone. Do yeah, it. you don't feel
1: bitter about that or anything, All, do you know?
6: Oh, God, I don't, sir, I don't. <laughs> I was 35 there now, uh, so it's was great, great as landmark birthday.
1: Sure, that's only yeah. a young one, for God's sake, I Only
6: God. a young one. A young oh, one. 90. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's what. That's one way of looking at
6: it. Well, I wish that's I was awkward. 45
1: again. I can tell you.
6: God, oh my gosh, I have a taxi with your brother there. Um, with My brother? Did you? I did, and I'm. Um, I never mentioned before. Should and I, I apologise
1: for him or anything? No.
6: No, no. I was delighted with him. <laughs> I rang him up, and I thank God I don't know this man now at all. I think when I went out, I started laughing because it looked at us. They kind of like friends
1: inside driving the taxi. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not sure he'd like to be associated with with, with me. <laughs> and
6: I said, your friend's brother. I said, your dear gentleman. And he said, well, I'd be a lot younger than friends. Oh, now. <laughs>
1: of course he did. Oh, of course he. Did. I love the way you're going to start around with our family before Christmas, Alan. <laughs>
6: You can mention that to him now on Christmas Day. <laughs> I, will,
1: I will. Well, when he comes but down uh, to me with the big presents that he always brings me, I, I'll mention I that to him, Eileen. Yeah, yeah. I
6: know, with the big sack of presents. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that, <okay>. So what <laughs> are you expecting? Are you, you expecting pack. a whole whole host of presents yourself under under the Christmas tree, Eileen? Are you? Oh,
6: sure am. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't worry about presents, to be honest. Do with you me. not? No I, no, I don't worry about that at all, at all. Mm. Yeah. Um, It doesn't bother me too much things, you know.
1: Yeah, and do you go visiting or do you stay at home?
6: Oh, I do, yeah. Um, Yeah. I go visiting my parents, then maybe Stephen's there, and my brother lives up in Trahada, and he'll be down the 27th.
1: Oh, very good. So it's a real family time,
6: yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is. I I was saying I had the Christmas tree up before there, and uh, the cash kept climbing up in it, and uh, (laughs) thing. He knocked the whole thing down and he got such a fright and he peed on top of the tree.
1: <laughs> he knocked he knocked down the Christmas tree and then he peed on it.
6: <laughs> he, did, he did. He got such a fright. And did you know say, oh, oh
1: crikey, or words to that effect?
6: <laughs> I did, I did. But I was lucky enough Christmas was over because there's an artificial tree. I had to throw it out
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> that was full of cat pee. It was, yeah, it
6: was a disaster.
1: Right. And have you still the cat, Eileen?
6: Well, well, that was a long time ago. Oh, was it All was alright. I can't even remember which one it was. All right, okay. But, uh, my uncle used to think it <laughs> <the tree. That's laughs> was very funny because he called here and a tree was there. The cat was above it, attached to the tree. It was very
1: funny. Eileen, you always cheer me up. You know that you really do. Have a happy Christmas, Eileen, and look after yourself, won't you? And you adimith here on all right lovely to talk to you thank you bye bye Eileen. bye bye happy christmas Dote. Happy, happy christmas, christmas. bye bye Now, that's Eileen. with the cat who knocked down the tree and then peed on the tree i i, I just love it um <laughs> news and information is coming up
3: Tip Today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.
1: Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today, 1800 938 007. Uh, Terry was on to say good morning, Fran. Uh, wishing everybody at Tip FM a very happy Christmas and thanks for all the fantastic year of radio. We'd be lost without it, says Terry. And uh goes on to say, then my favourite memory of Christmas was midnight mass with family back home for the cooked ham and the chef sauce and the grinder bread and a mug of tea, the best meal of Christmas. Warm hugs and kisses from Terry. Thank you so much, Terry, and a very, very happy Christmas indeed to you. And uh, yours, I remember um, in my innocence uh, a couple of years back, I was broadcasting from Nina and I happened to say, I just absolutely love Grinder, And it was pointed out to me by a number of our listeners that Grinder happens to be a gay dating website as well. So I had to uh, just just clarify, I suppose, just a little. All right, our competition, €500. Euro of a giveaway in association with Hall Alarms. Wouldn't that be a lovely win on this Christmas week? Mm and We have four finalists so far. Louise Meany of Thurless, Catherine Cockton from Art Finn, Doreen Marnan from Dundrum, Tom Moore from Rose Green. We're looking for our fifth finalist and then we'll do a proper draw towards the end of the programme. So if you want to be a finalist, you have to identify this TV show from 1982 by listening to the theme music. (coughs) There you go. What do you make of that? Now, I gave a little hint earlier on uh, just to, to say that it was, in fact, an Irish television show in this case. Uh, but can you identify it? 83 Give us your answer, your name and your address. And in about a half an hour's time, we will announce the final finalist. And then we'll have our main draw just before the end of the programme. I'm delighted to be joined by one of my favourite listeners uh, who contributes to the show on a regular basis, and that's Joe Noble. Joe, good morning to you.
7: Well, good morning, Fran, and how are you?
1: I'm very well, Joe, and a very, very happy Christmas to you and to yours and, as well.
7: And to you and your family and all at Tip FM, friend. Thanks for everything.
1: Are you looking forward to it, Joe?
7: Oh, jeez, I am. I love it.
1: Do you? Yeah.
7: yeah, I do. I do. I love Christmas. Yeah. And... Um, it's just, it's a time of the year where we kind of go a bit mad, don't we?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some of us go mad all year round, but yeah, Christmas is oh, the time no, for going me. mad, isn't it?
7: Oh, not me, I'm quite <laughs> I, You know, I only go mad at Christmas.
1: <laughs> You're as pure as the driven snow, as they say, Joe. Absolutely. That's, That's
7: absolutely, and I'm trying to be very good here now, so I've thrown my pot by
1: Oh, you, oh, you, oh, This is your posh voice, is it? Yes,
7: this is my posh voice okay. now,
1: friends,
7: So the, I'm trying to be very good. F- <laughs> okay, and if I do say anything out of out of order, it's your fault. <laughs> I just get that out now,
1: Joe. Or, it's, no. it's always my fault, anyway. It's always my yeah, fault.
7: It's your fault. So fire away now.
1: What What's your favourite part of the the Christmas? Is it the Christmas meal, or what? What is it, Joe?
7: I actually love the build up to
1: Christmas.
7: I do. I love getting everything ready. I love. Going out, getting the little bits, you know, for the family and the kids and so forth, etc. And getting up the, well, mind you, I'd be lazy about getting up the tree because I hate dust. Um, but anyway, yes. I picked it was over earlier this year. But I love, I love the light. I love to have everything done before Christmas Eve and then go out and look at everybody panicking.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. And <laughs> you're feeling smug because it's all sorted, is that it? Yes.
7: Yeah. And he's seen galloping around and panicking around with their two trolleys. And we think, holy Moses, the shops are open to just St. Stephen's Daylight. <laughs> um, but I don't get that part at all. If I forget something, I forget something that doesn't pretty well bother me.
1: But you're dead right about that. We we shop as if shops won't open until the end of January or something.
7: I know, yeah. And then, you know, at the end of it, there's a whole lot of waste and fairness, and half is thrown out.
1: And what, is that harking back to the old days when the shops took about a week off or something like that? But, I mean, sure you... Oh, can...
7: Maybe so, but for the young people, I mean, they weren't in my time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and, and they still do it. They still do it's it.
7: do, fit. you see them panicking around and, and going crazy, um, you know, at Christmas time and Santa goes crazy with the children, some of them, and so forth.
1: Yeah, and then the credit card bills come in.
7: Oh, exactly. And the all the rest of the bills comes in in the new year and then that finally came again. Yeah. I know. So I mean, come on, like, come on. Um I um I don't drink and spray for Christmas, but I don't go overboard. I think of January coming in.
1: But mm. you mean you have to, haven't you?
7: Like Of course you do. Of course you mm. do. And especially in the times we're living in now, even more so.
1: Yeah. Are you noticing that with the cost of living, Joe, are you?
7: Oh holy Jesus, friend, on not to me. Mm. Um um, my, I have, you know, the page go electricity meter.
1: Yeah, the meter, yeah. Yeah,
7: that thing. Now, I mean, three years so I'm in this house now, it was nearly four years actually. Mm. But um, in the beginning, 10 euro would do it for me for the week. Mm. And then it gradually went up to 20 every second week, just to keep it topped up, because I I don't like things running down. I like keep yeah. on top of everything. And um, now, oh, holy Moses, I mean, the money we got there, which I was delighted with, don't get me wrong.
1: The 200 um, euro, yeah.
7: Yeah. Mm. Well, oh geez, I looked at the me meter the other day, and I thought, what the hell did it go like?
1: So, what, what, so it went from 10 to 20, and what roughly for a week, what would it cost you now, Joe?
7: Now I was cutting it up, and it will cost at least 35, if not 40. And I have nothing fancy. I'm not one for all these fancy gadgets anyway. So you know what I mean? It's just the like the usual normal things people have: their microwaves, washing machines, things like that. That's all.
1: Right, but you don't heat with electricity, Joe, do you? No, no,
7: no. No. My fire, does him and would try and take from me. That heats (laughs) my radiators, and it heats the water, it heats everything.
1: Joe, I hope you're not burning turf, Joe.
7: I am, (laughs) and sticks, and coal. Now. And and well, I, I burn smokeless coal before anyone starts shouting at me. I right. I, I um I do the smokeless coal. Do you? social so is as well as everything else. But <laughs> I, 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 I am and right now would have some job trying to get me to stop burning a bit of turf from two sticks. Yeah, but and you you,
1: you could be responsible for for the climate change, Joe. You want to be careful, we you. Eat.
7: Know? Yeah. A those fellas out there and and they talk about cows farting and destroying the the ozone layer. I, uh, I have heard some queer facts, but just want to, And to be worse than my little bit of smoke coming out of
1: my chimney. So they didn't <laughs> come knocking on your door. What what would you say if they if they came knocking on the door to to know are you burning turf? And... You really don't
7: want me to tell you on no. what I would
1: say. Okay, I can I can I can imagine. You'd say, yeah, cri- Crikey, Crikey, you would say, go away from my door. Is that
7: yeah, exactly? Have my past either, <laughs>
1: no, as they no. say in Castle years ago, you'd run them. You'd, I would, you'd run them from the door. Oh
7: my god, to be honest with you, friend, I'd love it if somebody came to my door, I'd love it. Would you? I would, I'd absolutely love
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, imagine if somebody told you 20 years ago that it wouldn't be legal to burn turf. Um,
7: ah, you know. for God's sake, I mean, she it wasn't her telephone. I mean, I used to be down in the bog. With mammy and daddy, got the good to him. And daddy was a thicker when he'd cut the turf. You know, it would be a slobbery thing on that sleigh yeah. walk or whatever that was called. The I can't same. remember. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd let fly, and we'd be above to catch the turf. Yes. Jeez, it hit me in the forest more often than it could <laughs> come into my hands. Like was that, was, it
1: was that called I mean, footing turf? Was it? Was that?
7: But, yeah, um, I don't know what that part was but catching it from catching when we put it off the bank. Right. And then we'd put it on um, a wheelbarrow looking yoke and we'd wheel it off and we'd have to let it dry and then we'd have to go back and put the torque. Isn't that? Um, I loved
1: it. Isn't that a lovely memory? And uh, do you know, my father always told me that. Tea never tasted as good as on the bog with the billy can and, and
7: all yeah, of And that. he was 100% right. We'd have our lasses buttoned up with the handles up in the sky and we'd be sitting in underneath there and we'd be drinking um, turf mould and everything. And it was lovely. <laughs> now, and you know something, we were way ahead, yeah?
1: yeah that's incredible.
7: Yeah, and the, the people are too now for cleaning this and cleaning, well, no, I'm... Ah, really
1: but aren't you day. one of the worst of them all,
7: well, I wouldn't say I'm the worst now, uh. but um, no, I, I, I am gone like that. And i tell you, when I really went like that now, when stupid COVID first came in, oh. I, was, I was afraid of me, sugar. I was outside and I was oh, sanitized down to handling the you knob of the door. And if the postman came, I would be sanitising the litter box after him. Um, I, I've just got into this thing in my head. I was so frightened, to be honest.
1: Were you, Joe?
7: I was. I was. I was terrified of sickness, and, and I got it.
1: And are you still like that now? You're still sanitising everything, and.
7: Uh, no, not to the same extent. Right. No, no, I'm not. I well, I like the front door to be clean, like on the side of the foot patch. I don't want people passing and looking and saying, "What kind of doctor you are?" is in there, like wash your front door. You know, I, I like the place to be clean.
1: Right, but and you you took that two years very seriously then, did you? And...
7: I did, and it had an awful effect on me, friend. And I don't mind it, isn't it?
1: In in what can I ask? In what way, Joe?
7: I was afraid of my life to go out. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was there, I just go for a little walk. But when the it was first announced, I never heard tell of lockdowns and everything like that. And when it was first announced, I remember sitting below in my arms here on my own and thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? It really, honestly, God frightened me.
1: And the, the isolation of it as well, Joe, I guess, wasn't
7: that was, it? That was bad. And when I got COVID, back last November 12 months, we'll say, so, when I got COVID. And we had to isolate that time for 14 days. Yeah, yeah. And I, when the 14 days was up, I was still afraid to go out. I was afraid I still would have it and give it to someone. And I was still afraid of getting it back again. And I wouldn't go out. And it was a good friend of mine, Geraldine Chapman, actually got me to walk a little bit up the footpath to eventually get me out a little bit. And that's the truth.
1: My God. And do you feel those years were stolen from you, Joe?
7: Yes, I do, 100%. Yeah. And at my age, every flipping year counts, let me tell you. You know, yeah. That it, yeah, I do. I mean, I remember Billy and his partner coming and parking the car across the road there at things and letting me look at stand at my front door and wave across at the kiddies. It was heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah, it was absolutely heartbreaking. Now that must have been
1: very lonely, Joe.
7: It was dreadful. When you're on your own, More, more well, it can be lonely for anyone, but I always said, well, if you had somebody in the house with you, that at least you could be nattered and tough. I know. But when there's nobody... Now, the man next door, poor Sean, that'd be good to him. He helped me big time. Did during he? During COVID, yes. yeah. He'd come out and he'd sit at his little table in his backyard and I'd sit at mine and we'd have a cup of coffee and a natter across over it and I'd do the flowers for him. Um, he was fantastic.
1: And did he pass away, Joe?
7: He did. Got oh, nothing. He did. He died sudden. Um, there only last November. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he was. I, I couldn't praise Charney enough. He was my best friend. My best yeah, of everything. He was a dose Isn't
1: that a lovely thing to yeah. say? Um,
7: he was a,
1: but you he are back out now, Joe, because I I, I oh saw yeah. you a, a few weeks ago there in in Templemore Arms, and you're yeah, and I'm crippled after it. Yeah. <laughs> but Please. you're you're looking great again, and you're you're, you're out and about. Yes. But you you feel st- that they were stolen from you those years.
7: Yes, I yeah. do. I do. And you know what makes me angry? What's they're, that? They're, they're now they've changed all those laws. So what was it all about back then when I tied it for fourteen days,
5: and now they have only to do it for what five? Or do you
1: know? I don't know, Joe, but I do know that when we look back on it and examine it in a couple of years' time, I think we'll find some awful, stupid things happened and we're done, yes. and, you know. And
7: that's the part that I'm with. What they changed it so often, do you know what I mean? I and I had to stay in my house for 14 days and now they've changed that. what's all
1: that about? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I I generally like my own company and stuff, but I found I was isolated for a week and by the time it got halfway through on the Wednesday, I was crying my eyes out for no apparent reason whatsoever. It's just the isolation of it was.
7: Yes, I was the same. Yeah. And I remember it happened around, I was just out of isolation when poor Sean died. And I remember when his month's mind mass came at heart and going to go up to him, going to make myself go out and going to go to his month's mind mass. I got as far as my front door and got the most horrific panic attack and I couldn't move any farther. Oh. And that was all sick so you... and and the scaremongering around surrounding us.
1: So you couldn't go to your friends? No. That's yeah.
7: No, couldn't. I was too afraid. I was I physically wasn't able. And that kicked me as well. You know. Is, uh, anyway, we should be talking about happy things. We should, party. we should,
1: but that's the way a conversation goes, Joe, goes off on tangents. But in the meantime, you're looking forward to Christmas this year anyway, oh which is God, the main I thing.
7: Am. I yeah. am. I mean, we had a family death and family day too, on my birthday. But anyway, oh. uh, no, we did, poor well, man, God love him. But, so we're taking his, um, his wife, which she'd be my cousin, right. um, out today. Oh, very
1: good. Very
7: good, indeed. As Jim is down, so he's fantastic and he's been fantastic all over the funeral. But, you um, know, you have to kind of... You can't sit with friend and feel sorry for yourself or feel more... more I don't believe in that. Yes. You have to get up and go. And it's only up to you to do it, not to anyone else.
1: Well, there's no better to do it, Joe. And can I wish you a oh. happy Christmas? And thank you so much for all your wonderful contributions, Joe. Yes. You're, you're well loved by our listenership. That's for sure. Oh,
7: you I don't know about
1: that, but how is? I know it's true.
6: I let myself down with a bang.
1: Never, <laughs> never. You look after yourself, Joe. And
6: you too.
5: Happy friend, Christmas, Joe. Happy Christmas.
1: Christmas. Bye bye to you now. Bye bye. That's uh, Joe Noble there in uh, Templemore speaking to us this morning. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, back in just a moment.
0: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the premier county. Slattery'sGarage.ie
1: Interesting uh, question from a listener. How is smokeless coal produced? I have no idea. I must Google that later on and see what the story is. I have absolutely no idea, but a very good question indeed. Uh, Another listener says, Ah, Fran, you foot the turf to dry it. You get a great appetite on the bog as well. Says one of her. Li- yeah, God, my poor late father would be ashamed of me. I didn't know uh, what footing was as opposed to whatever the other stuff you do in the bog. You see, I have to confess, I was never, I, I was never on the bog footing or whatever you call it. Um, oh, it's three, three double one, double three, double one. Helen is with me. Good morning to you, Helen.
8: Good morning, Fan. How are you? I'm and happy very. And
1: uh, many happy returns to you, Helen. Are you Christmassy, Helen?
8: Oh, I am. Yeah, I've been prepared for the last three weeks, except for getting bread and that kind of last-minute stuff.
1: Oh, very good. So you're but very organised, Helen. And
8: everything in the last three weeks. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, do you understand these people who are dashing around now with uh, trolleys coming up to Christmas Eve and all of that? And
8: oh, what well, I would say to them, I can get it that some people leave it to the last moment and then hit panic. But what they are doing is, yesterday I was. Out and I had to get a few things, and um, this woman absolutely burst past me, sent me flying, and she never even said sorry, excuse me, nothing. And I was there so later on, and she did the same to other two other people, and I thought, oh my god, woman, slow
1: down! And what she was just dashing around the shop, was it?
8: Yeah, I'd say she was just in literally blind panic, as in she didn't see anyone, just needed to get what she'd get. Good. Go. But but Helen,
1: that's not good for her. That kind of stress and panic, and you know. No,
8: it's not. I think if you're panicking, then the whole thing about Christmas is lost.
1: Yeah, because yeah. I, I was talking to somebody lately as well, and they were talking about a friend of theirs who, you know, she felt obliged to go and see the husband's people, even though she didn't like them and she found it awkward to be with them. And so, but that was going to be her Christmas. Then it shouldn't be like that, should it?
8: No, I think it should be kind of like a 50-50, maybe go and see them for an hour or so.
1: Yeah, yeah, not and not that, to have that, to spend the whole Christmas.
8: No, I think, the way I think it is that uh, if you have an issue with somebody, but you know that you're going to have to spend time with them, keep that time brief so that you're getting on okay, and then before the poo hits the fan, just go. Just go, yeah. Go, I mean, there's no one to stress anyone, because people know if they, if, if, their company doesn't want to be around them
1: either. Of course, and I suppose if there's lingering old history of arguments and stuff, if, if you have a few glasses of wine on top of it, then sure it, it only makes it all worse. And, it does.
8: Yeah. And Christmas is such an emotive time that, you know, any emotions are heightened. Of course. So yeah. a resentment and a drink, holy God. Oh, sure. I know, <laughs> it's yeah. some combo.
1: What's your favourite part of it, Helen? Is it uh, the Christmas Day meal or po- what is it?
8: I think it's, you know, it's <laughs> everything. Yeah. I like. Um, I love spending time with my grandson. Do you? Yeah, because you know he's five and a half now, and uh-huh. very much into Santa, and he's such fun. Oh, that's Trish a lovely age, seasonings. isn't it? My son Morris, a little boy, and he's just great crack. And seeing his excitement about Santa, and that bold elf on the shelf, and all of that, you just get into it.
1: That's great. Is that your only grandchild?
8: Yes, I had. I had a granddaughter. But she was still born in July 2020.
1: Oh, oh I'm so sorry to hear. At uh,
8: 35 and a half week.
1: Oh so. my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, to and
8: hear. her name was Winter Rose. So I had a granddaughter.
1: Winter Rose. Winter what
8: a, Rose. What a
1: beautiful name.
8: Yes.
1: Beautiful name, My
8: daughter, my Karen, my my daughter Karen's daughter.
1: So she, Winter Rose, will be remembered on on on. Christmas yes. morning as well.
8: I prefer. always get a little gift to give to Karen and Trevor in memory of Winter Rose.
1: Oh, God. The name is so beautiful and evocative, isn't, though, it? isn't it? Yeah. yeah really it lovely, is. indeed. Yeah, um, do, you, do you hark back to the old days of Christmas, Helen? I mean, is it very different nowadays?
8: Uh, We're supposed to the Christmas dinner and I throw up the decorations. So I don't know if there's anything particularly different. You know, we open our presents Christmas Eve.
1: Oh, right, okay.
8: Yes, a German, apparently it's a German tradition, but my parents did it, so I do it.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. So, And and you all gather around to do that? Is that a family you know,
8: thing? No, it, it used to be, but now uh, <laughs> Karen and Morris do their own things in their own homes. Okay. Okay. Um, but it, I have to say, it kind of disgusted me when I realised that the English royal family opened the present Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, t- a total republican, so I'm going, "Oh my God!" But I couldn't break that tradition.
1: <laughs> Very good indeed. But you, you were sort of, yeah, you were taken aback to find out they, uh, they did that. Yeah, Charles, yeah. And Elizabeth, and
8: oh, yeah, them, Camilla, and. Uh, Gang. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah yeah and and what what do you, do you have something in particular against them is it, or is it just that you you're of a Republican background Helen? It's
8: because I'm a Republican background yeah yeah because I don't know them yes you know so I couldn't
1: have a personal
8: issue with them so it's yeah. a Republican
1: thing well I'm watching the crown at the moment I, I don't know if you've got a chance to see it but I mean if it's only half true these people are like aliens I mean you know yeah, they are. They were living so removed from reality and everything, you know, just
8: Yeah, born into privilege. It's not that they had to earn what they have.
1: Yes. But so, the sense of privilege to the point of, I mean, they had. To, I presume it still goes on uh, for for Prince Charles when he's having a bath, his valet has to use a thermometer to get the 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 heat of the water exactly correct. Oh gosh,
8: God help him! But his poor little Willie might drop off if that's uh, <laughs> the wrong time. <laughs> and gosh, he put
1: that into enough use. <laughs> oh God, we better not go there. That's that's for no, sure. Yeah. No, no. Do you have any particular tri- besides opening the presents? on Christmas Eve around the meal and the food do you have anything in particular that you do that's kind of your own family tradition
8: Uh, we always have chicken instead of turkey oh yeah that's, that's a definite you know and then all the usual veggies and the whole lot but definitely chicken instead of turkey except uh. for me because I'm a vegetarian
1: right okay and so, what what is your Christmas meal consisting of? Uh, then,
8: it would be a nut roast, or I might make a potato and vegetable pie. You know, with a nice um, puff pastry.
1: Okay, well that that sounds different gorgeous.
8: Different veggies and spuds and stuff.
1: What What is a nut roast like? I mean, I've heard about it so many times. But what What is it like?
8: It's yeah. It's actually quite nice. It's a variety of nuts and um, breadcrumbs, and now I put a little corn into it. Corn is like um, uh, a, a minced fungus.
1: It, it's it's a synthetic meat, like is it? Uh, it is. Yes, yeah,
8: and it comes from a fungus.
1: Okay, right, and it tastes nice.
8: It tastes, but you have to put some kind of flavouring with it because corn is tasteless. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. Um, okay. But other than that, uh, I mean, we don't have any tradition of sitting down um, and watching TV at any time. We have dinner usually around 3 o'clock. Yeah, OK, OK. Yeah. And this year now, Stephen's Day, they're all coming here as well for another Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner round two.
1: Very good, indeed. You're going to be busy, Helen.
8: Well, do you know, I am probably one of the more chilled out Cooks because I just do it bit by bit. So I don't get into a panic because who is judging me? Me probably, and I'm. I can be my own harshest judge, so I need to back off and just enjoy the process.
1: Right, and that, and that, I delegate. Isn't that good advice for anybody out there? I mean, you know, there's nobody adjudicating your Christmas dinner, or you know, they should be no. delighted to get it served up to them.
8: It's not come down with me, so... It's, yeah, of course. You know, And I think overall, it's a great message for me and for anyone that be your own best friend and just back off putting pressure on yourself.
1: Mm. And sometimes are you not your own best friend, Helen?
8: Sometimes I can be very critical of myself and give myself a tough time. Mm. And it's when I can feel my stomach tightening and I'm getting into a really crappy mood that I realise, hang on, what are you doing to yourself? Stop. If your best friend treated you like that, you wouldn't have that person as your best friend.
1: You know, somebody said to me one time on the programme that we should treat ourselves as if we were five-year-old kids. And we wouldn't put five-year-old kids in danger, nor would we make them miserable. But we make ourselves miserable all, all the what time.
8: we do. And um, one of the things I say, actually, Fran, is I'm having a lifelong love affair with myself.
1: Sounds sounds great. Is that something you've only embraced in recent years, Helen? Uh, you know that you've done something about this, so to speak.
8: In the last twenty six years or so, yes. Right. Because I had a number of issues. I had to stop drinking, and because it was affecting my life, and changes came about then in how I view myself and how I treat other people. Uh, ah. So, I, I just, it's all about just relaxing, not taking things too personally. And giving that person a chance to either show themselves up to be oppressed or that they're actually okay. And if somebody treats me badly continuously, then I just move away from them because I think such negativity is bad for anyone, any time of year.
1: Well, Helen, I'm taking loads of advice from you uh, today because a bit like the way you were now, I'd be so critical. I mean, if I put a word out of place, though, I'd be punishing myself for it and all sorts of stuff. But I mean, yeah. it's it, we're only doing that to ourselves. We're only damaging ourselves, you know.
8: It's, that's it. We need to put away the army boots and the whip and just go. Yeah, as you say, treat myself like I would treat my little grandson.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's 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 well worth thinking about. That's and for sure. You
8: know, what's a lovely thing to do sometimes too is uh, sometimes give they. What kind of treat will I give myself? I want to do something childish. So I'll jump in a swing with an ice cream.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, just something childlike that's joyous. As long as that
8: doesn't involve peeing myself, it's all okay.
1: (laughs) 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 Helen, we wish you and your lovely grandson and your family have a lovely Christmas, Helen. To
8: to you, uh, Fran and Emma and all your team. Thank you very much. And I really had a great crack with you during the uh, year.
1: Fantastic. And we really appreciated you coming on with us time and again, Helen. Thank you so much. Look after yourself, Helen. Thank
8: you. Thank you. Happy Christmas again. Bye 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 bye
1: Bye bye, Josh. Bye bye. bye. That's Helen Speak News this morning. We'll take a break and then we have some cooking.
0: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the premier county. Slattery'sGarage.ie
1: Now, every Christmas, we like to bring you some cooking tips. So this year, we sent our own Ali out to Geronil's Kitchen in Holy Cross for some starter and nibble recipes, and she even threw in a quick dessert. It's the most wonderful
9: time of the year. Here in Juror's kitchen, Juror, last year for Christmas we focused on what to do with leftovers, and we had you had some great examples and ideas for what to do with leftover ham and chicken. This year we're going to focus on starters because. Far from starters, we were reared, but you have to have a starter now with the Christmas dinner, wouldn't you?
10: Oh, you you do, absolutely, and you're very welcome to Holy Cross. Um, Yeah, this year, um, with starters, a lot of um, people nowadays have people around for drinks um, after Mass on Christmas Day, and I certainly do, and um, i found that um, by the time you go to have your main course, People, are they don't want dessert because they're so full. And I decided, like, the starters that I'm doing today, you can have as canapes for people coming around for drinks as well. It doesn't have to be on Christmas Day. It could be any time of the year. Very versatile and easy and quick. This year, I'm doing a sausage roll wreath, which is a kind of a, I suppose you call it a tear and share. Um, uh, these sausage rolls, you can make into a batch with bite-sized pieces. Today, I've made it into the shape of a wreath um, just for Christmas. And, um, you know, the sausage meat that you get in the butchers nowadays are absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, And I got this one from Drennan's in Templemore, and it's delicious. Um, But then I kind of doctor it myself. So I added... um, I'm adding some thyme here and some sweet chilli sauce... If people like it. If they don't like sweet chilli sauce, they don't have to put it in. But um, it's nice added into it. Um, You could also put cranberry sauce into it if you wanted to. And a little bit of salt and pepper and, as I said, thyme. And you just mix up the sausage roll uh, or the sausage meat together and you get your shop-bought puff pastry. I don't think anybody makes puff pastry anymore. Um, Just take it out and put your sausage meat in the middle and spread it out like a sausage down along the middle of the pastry and roll it over. um, Get your egg or just water at the end just to uh, let it stick. And then you cut slices diagonally all the way around, not right through the sausage roll, just around uh, through the top. And then you are able to manoeuvre it into a, a, a kind of a horseshoe shape like I have done here.
9: So the more you cut down, then the easier it is to bend, but just yeah, to make sure stretches. you don't cut all the way.
10: Yeah, it stretches out into, into a wreath shape. And when you'll see now when it comes out of the oven that, um, you know, it'll all puff up and the meat will be all cooked. And you can just tear away at it um, for your guests. Like, you know, for a party or so, the sausage rolls are easier, bite-sized. Yeah. But this is for Christmas, so we'll do that. And we'll put some berries in it to to decorate it up and I have poppy. Se- I've I have an egg wash on the top here and then I'm gonna I've, I've put some uh, poppy seeds on top. You could put sesame seeds as well if you wanted to or you don't have to put anything at all on it. Some people don't like them, they get in your teeth. Okay. So I'm gonna put this in the oven now and that will take about 30 minutes at 180 degrees think that's gas mark
9: four our other dish then it's a fish dish and maybe a lot for a lot of people christmas might be the only time they really push the boat out when it comes to fish yes particularly with what you're making today which is scallops yes
10: a lot of people are afraid of shellfish um I don't know why because they really don't take long to cook at all. Uh, Today I have scallops and I'm going to do those with um, black pudding.
5: Lovely.
10: And a little bit of apple sauce in between on croutons. Are you a row woman or no row woman? Oh no, no row. I don't like the row. (laughs) I love the look of it but I I couldn't know. I don't like the row. Um, and some of the scallops, uh, you know, you can get them quite thick, so you could cut them in half before you cook them, particularly when it's, you know, if you're doing them as finger food. Okay, so we're going to put the scallops in to fry. And just put a bit of um, sea salt on top just before they fry. And they'll caramelise. They're frying in butter and a little bit of rapeseed oil, just so the butter doesn't um, burn.
9: That's a great tip. So would you put the oil in before the butter?
10: Yeah, Just well, it doesn't really matter. Just put the butter in and then just add a bit of oil. You leave them to cook away there now, and um, you leave them about three minutes aside. So they don't take very long, and I'll just add a squeeze of lemon then. When I've turned them, I'll add a squeeze of lemon onto them just to give them a bit of flavour as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we're lucky, I suppose, in town that we have um, daily seafood in, in the square in Perlis. They have beautiful fresh fish that comes from the um, Cairns and Kerry so you know but all the other supermarkets have them as well they're really mm. now they're ready to turn now you see the way they've gone nice and
9: yeah so there's an, a nice little okay. kind of orange crust on yes so then you know yeah and that's what makes this a great starter because there isn't like you're not tied to the oven all day no time.
10: no you're not and it's you know
9: like on Christmas
10: day if you're doing these for Christmas You'll have done... Your your potatoes and everything will be done. They'll be, you know, sitting in the oven ready to be served up and, you know, you'd have a ring free to... Because they only take a few minutes.
9: Could you do the black pudding on the same pan?
10: You could, yes, you could. Now, I've done mine in the air fryer. Um, the air fryer has become very, very popular um, in the last few years with people. Um, I wouldn't be without it. Um, because you can... That's the lemon going in there now. You it nice and So would you up. put a bit
9: more lemon on after then when you're plating up? Serve it up with it, yeah. yeah.
10: Just a wedge of lemon on the side.
9: Yeah. Okay, so when you're plating up then, Ger, we're plating up the scallops now. Would you put the scallop on top of the black pudding or does it matter? Yes, I'm going to put them on the top of the pudding.
10: But it doesn't have to be apple sauce either. You know, you can have cranberry sauce or you could use um, relish, Oh. really nice there's some beautiful relishes there where you could make your own or chutney
9: okay so there we have starter number one then scallops with scallops. black pudding and applesauce yes okay Joe, as well as um, scallops we're also doing are you prawns are still eating I am still eating god they're delicious and <laughs> so simple and this is another simple one another
10: simple one this is prawns with um, There, I'm just tossing them onto a pan here now Um Prawns in uh, garlic butter, and we're going to serve them on. Um, I call them. Ba- I call them little gem prawns, um, because they they sit on a on a bed of baby lettuce, baby gem lettuce, um, but they look lovely, um, and they're the, the the baby gem lettuce is the the kind of the bed for them. Mm-hmm. So you turn you know they curve in like a sandwich or a taco, so.
9: And just like you said then it plays into exactly what you're looking for which is the food that looks great on a plate at the table or just standing around yeah. as a kind of a finger food thing. exactly
10: yeah and you know they're just so tasty and yet you're not like overly full mm. because i think a lot of well i know with my family when you're sitting at the table um, having starters you, you just fill yourself with bread and yeah. then by the time you get your main course you're not able to finish it
9: and there's a lot of kind of picking anyway so it's nice to be able to pick a little yeah
10: bit. it's lovely everybody picks yeah and, and everything tastes gorgeous when you're picking um and you you know you, but you still don't eat as much as you would if you mm. were sitting in front of it you know um and, and on christmas day as well people are you know the box of chocolates is open and you know people are looking at their presents and whatever and it's just nice to have something savory to eat yeah you know see how quickly they're cooking now yeah?
9: how long would they take then all together the prawns
10: oh very very short time five minutes i'd say at the most because you don't want them to be uh like once they become they have to become um opaque like pink yeah um when you can't see the translucent color anymore they're cooked and as well as that the more they cook the more they curl up okay yeah so you know you don't want them curled in a in a, in a right ball
9: oh I never knew that so that's a good way of knowing then as well yeah they,
10: they, they, they get very chewy when they're when they're overcooked yeah. but they do curl up give them a toss now and they're done
9: what you showed me as well which of course is is Vital for a good prawn cocktail is the Mary Rose sauce. Yes, you did one while I was here just before we started recording and it was stunning Could you just run through the recipe for that?
10: Yeah, I mean, it's it's very simple. It's um, mayonnaise tomato ketchup Good tomato ketchup not cheap tomato ketchup, but good tomato ketchup and then I put um, a couple of blobs of chili sauce but if you have tabac- Tabasco sauce, that works well as well. Um, and some, a, a couple of drops of Worcester sauce and um, some cayenne pepper. And a thimble full of vodka.
9: Would vodka normally go in a Mary Rose?
10: Well... Sh- my brother's a chef and he told me to put vodka in it. So...
9: <laughs> and you were saying as well, another benefit of
10: doing that is it keeps forever. It does. It does. You can ha- it'll, it'll stay in the fridge then because the vodka will preserve it, but also the vinegar in the mayonnaise and the ketchup preserves it as well. So it does stay. You can put it in a jar and have it made a week before Christmas. Okay. And then it's ready. You, you know, it's just one more thing you can prepare beforehand. Mm. So... Um, Now we're going to put them into our
9: lettuces. So they're just into their beds. They're going to bed, (laughs) placed onto the the lettuce leaves. So you just grab them up, like you said, kind of like a taco. Yeah,
10: exactly like the taco, and they're just so tasty and they've nicely caramelised. So that is what I call my baby
9: gem prawns. We're going to have pictures of all the dishes as well up on our Facebook page and up on our website just for anyone who's maybe following along and cooking with us as well this morning. And your beautiful Mary roll sauce then, it's just drizzled over the top of that? Just drizzled
10: over the top, yeah. And you can do that when they're cold if you prefer to serve them cold. But you can put them over it hot as well.
9: And George, just as we're finishing our prawns, uh, the sausage roll, the sausage roll wreath is just out of the oven as well. And you have adorned it with beautiful cranberries and different berries. Yeah, all and together. It's like lovely, actually, amazing. Actually, and all yeah. together here, you have three lovely dishes that you can pick away at that look great on a table if you're sitting down for a starter. Yep. And took us what, at say half an hour?
10: At the most. Took I mean, you, sorry. <laughs> you were such a great help.
9: <laughs> yeah,
10: I mean, sometimes you do all these meals and you're preparing for ages, like in the afternoon and whatever. And it's gone in three minutes flat when it's mm-hmm. eaten. But yeah, we did all of this in real time in, in less than half an hour. Yeah. And um, the sausage roll came out well. And I'll let you taste that now in a minute. If you have room after... The and the great pudding. thing about the
9: sausage roll, this can be reheated. If there's people calling Stevens's Day, oh, yes. you can chop yeah. it up and reheat it. Yeah, and as I said, if you don't want to do it in the wreath,
10: if you have people calling, you know, it, to, to make the bite-sized sausage rolls, it all comes from one tube of sausage meat. And, mm. you know, Martin O'Dwyer has it, Donald Walsh in Cashel has it. Dennis O'Reilly has it. They all have them for Christmas.
9: The next dish we're doing then, it's a dessert dish. And you're playing to my heart now with a trifle. (laughs) I love a trifle. And you can't beat a nice trifle at at Christmas time. But this is different to what we traditionally would be used to.
10: Yes, everyone loves a trifle, the old traditional trifle. But um, personally, I'm not a trifle eater and I love something a little bit more modern. So this time we're making a mulled wine trifle. This is a really nice alternative to the sherry trifle. It's sweet and it's, you know, spicy. and Is it
9: richer? I'd imagine it's richer. Uh, I suppose, I don't know
10: if it's richer now, really. Um, but there's no gelatin or jelly in it as okay, such. Okay, so you it's know. an easy one then. It is a very easy one. Um, and you basically just mix the, it's got um, red uh, port, ruby port, castor sugar, mixed spice, vanilla, And like the vanilla pod, if you can get it, you know, the seeds of the pod, which are lovely, Mm -hmm. but the vanilla paste is is really nice as well. And a bag of frozen fruits of the forest. So you basically just put your sponge into the bowl. It's Um, a Madeira
9: sponge. It's
10: a Madeira sponge. Yeah. Now you can make it as individuals or you can make it separate or sorry, you can make it individuals or make it in a big bowl, um, whichever you prefer to do. And the custard then as well is um, milk and cream and the vanilla pod again and five egg yolks (laughs) Um, and castor sugar and corn flour. So but not everybody wants to make their own custard. Um, And if you are doing it, uh, you know, you want to do it fast. They have lovely custards in the supermarkets now, which are like the homemade ones. You can Mm. see it with the little C pods. Uh, the vanilla seeds it's in the fridge section yeah and um they're delicious just as good as the homemade stuff so um anyway you just put the i have the mulled wine here on the pot port i've all the ingredients in the pot um and that goes up to boil um, into a syrup and then you add the frozen fruit you add it in actually frozen and you let it defrost in the syrup okay and once that's all defrosted then it's it cools down and you pour it over your sponge and add another layer so layer it basically with the the sponge into the bowl first then your fruit and syrup and then more sponge then more fruit and syrup and then put your custard on top and then cream all over the top of that and then decorate it whatever way you wish
9: the fruit and the syrup soak into the sponge and we've topped it off then with just custard and cream and job done.
10: That's it. Yeah, we've just, as soon as it all cools down, pour the custard on top. And I would say let the custard set again for a little while before you add the cream. But whip up the cream and then add your little decorations on top, flake almonds. I have pecans, toasted pecans on mine. And um, I just found some cake decorations and put them on top just to make it look pretty
9: for Christmas. And as always, we're going to put the pictures of all the dishes up on our Facebook page and on the website.
10: You know, it really is very simple. You could prepare your syrup for your, your um, trifle a little bit early if you wanted to. The tri- but I mean, the trifle can be made before Christmas anyway. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's a case of doing everything to make it easier for yourself
9: as always, Joe, you make Christmas very easy for us in terms of cooking. So thanks a million for having us to Ger's Kitchen and happy Christmas. And happy
10: Christmas to everybody in Tipperary and around. And I want to thank my um, suppliers, Dennis O'Reilly, Premier Meats, Martin O'Dwyer, Family Butchers, um, Donald Walsh, Butchers. Um, you know, they've just all been amazing and we thank them for everything this year. And Merry Christmas to
8: everyone.
1: And a Merry Christmas to you, Jer. and uh, thank you for that wonderful piece there from Ger O'Neill and from our own Ali as well. The final finalist in our Hall Alarm giveaway is um, Joe Boland from uh, Cashel. Well done to you, Joe. You are our fifth finalist. And we'll have the draw um, towards the end of the programme for the 500 euro in cash. All right, so so far we have Louise Meany of Thurnless, Catherine Cochran from Art Finan, and Orien Marnat from Dundrum, Tom Moore from Rose Green. And today's finalist is Joe Boland from Cashel. News and information is on the way. very welcome back to what's going to be a very giddy panel today for sure Um, and I will introduce them to you in just a moment but of course as you know we're with you every single weekday morning from 9 just after 9 this morning Eileen spoke to me about uh, Christmas traditions and the like and then she told me this.
6: I had the Christmas tree up before there and uh, the cash kept climbing up in it and uh, next thing he knocked the whole thing down and he got
1: such a fright and he peed on half of the tree He knocked He knocked down the Christmas tree and then he peed on it. <laughs>
6: he did, he got such a fright. And did you know say, oh, oh,
1: crikey, or words to that effect?
6: <laughs> I did, I did. But I was lucky enough Christmas was over because of an artificial
1: tree. I had to throw it out <laughs> <laughs> It was full of cat pee. It was, got, yeah,
6: it was a disaster.
1: <laughs> right. And have you still the cat, Eileen?
6: Oh, well, well, that was a long time ago. Oh, well, was it? it was all right. Gone. I can't even remember which one it was. All right, okay. But, uh, my uncle used to think it was very funny because uh, he came here you know, and a uh, tree was there. The cat was above it. the <laughs> tree. It was
1: very funny. <laughs> well, whatever conversation we have here on this program, you can never judge what way it's going to turn out. That's for sure. That was Eileen speaking to us uh, after nine o'clock this morning. All right, time for our Friday panel, and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by people who are very regular panelists, indeed. Mark Small is with us. Mark is a naval architect and mediator. Liam Brown is with us, community activist and uh, a regular panellist as well. And Phil Prendergast of course is with us, nurse, midwife, former MEP and indeed the Tip FM agony aunt which is the most important job that she's ever had. I'm sure she will agree. Anyway, you're all very welcome and happy Christmas. Happy and Christmas. Mark, you're already getting brownie points because you're oh. the only person here with a Christmas well, jumper on. It right.
11: It's the Christmas panel. I mean, why, I mean, it's real bah humbug in here. You want to see what they're dressed like here. I mean,
1: they might as well be going to bloody funeral i know i know i know i know but you lifted our spirits that's anyway mark that's that's the main thing well we start off with just a quick run around the table in terms of highs and lows we won't go into too much detail because we'll end up discussing i suppose these topics uh, anyway phil can i go to you first of all highs lows you know, What best, immediately springs to mind?
12: one of the best highs i think and it's just very very general was that we had such a fantastic summer I just think the weather was brilliant. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's strong in my memory and I just really think we had really, really, really a, a good summer, yeah. Yeah,
1: great. okay. So that would be your high. Low?
12: Lows would be, I suppose a lot of negativity with people very very concerned about the costs of living increases and the the very real worry they have about keeping warm when the weather got very very cold and it's still to get and continue to be cold and I know generally speaking we don't get it as bad here as they're going to be getting in the states Um, but it's a real concern for people the cost of living increases because with the same money trying to make it go further and you're getting the same products but you're paying much more for them in some cases up to maybe two thirds more Mm -hmm. than something cost previously that that was a real bummer for a lot of people and concerned a lot of people and for, for there are people that I know that made the decision not to continue in their job because it was no longer paying them to go to work with the cost of the travelling, the cost of parking the cost of even calling in to get a cup of coffee or whatever because all that is a very in- a small increments, but adds up to yes. a, quick, a big amount. And we'll
1: discuss it in more detail later on but the government did attempt to do something about that in terms of the monies that they gave for, for energy and the like uh, was that enough,
12: okay, do you no, think? It was, it, it was and is very helpful yes. but it doesn't stop the anxiety for an older person perhaps living alone or even two older people living in, in their house and the concern is the whole time about the cost of living and how much electricity costs now and people getting a heating system in that ices up and then it draws out all the yeah, warm air yeah. from the house to, to de-ice itself And and therefore this guy was something he estimated that over five days it cost him 150 euro so I mean when you, when you get um, examples of th- things that happen for people when they're trying to if you like trying to manage yes. and trying to manage anxiety is still going to really rear its head for those people because they're going to have the fear that they're not going to have enough money to pay for what they've consumed.
1: So high was the beautiful summer, and then cost of living and all the difficulties of that. Mark, what about yourself? Just to well, I,
11: mean, I suppose as as a rugby fan, um, I think Ireland's historic uh, test series win in New Zealand. I mean, being one of only two countries to achieve, to, oh, sorry, three countries in total now, because two other countries achieved it, and and to do it in New Zealand. And I have a lot of uh, Kiwi friends. And I must say, I took fantastic enjoyment out of <laughs> suggesting, you know, that maybe the time of New Zealand has 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 ended. Although I am a bit nervous about next year, but anyway, <laughs> I do. Yeah. but but uh, and the backlash. But no, I mean that was a historic, an absolutely historic achievement for yeah. Ireland to be able to do that. And um, you know, Ireland has been, um, you know, number one in the rankings in world rugby for the for the last period of time now. You know, people question whether or not that's true or not, but we'll take it what it is. But certainly, it's a high point. That was certainly one of the, the mm. high points that. I I enjoyed, uh, must say, during during the su- the summer. Um, low point, I think, and we were, we are going to talk about it. The Ukrainian war mm. and and the subsequent fallout, including uh, escalating fuel costs and that. I mean, certainly the hardship and your heart really goes out for the people. And you know, when I saw there's a there, I saw a picture on 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 one social media where you know they were they were cooking a a soup using candles. You know, and your can- your heart really goes out for those people using candles and to heat to heat the, the soup. soup, and were, it was in the microwave, right. but using uh using <laughs> candles underneath, like tea yeah. lights underneath it to heat the soup, and you know, and I think you know with with Russia and what they're doing, and really targeting you know the the, the civilian population, without doubt, it's kind of war crimes, and and that it's it's just so so sad that right. that, that we have. to And again, to we'll that. talk
1: about that in more mm-hmm. detail, but that that's the mm-hmm. low point as far as you're concerned. Liam, Liam,
13: what about yourself? A high and a low for me. Just listening to the, the two lads here before me they're kind of talking about things at a macro level they're talking about you know world events or national events um, I think at Christmas time I start thinking about things about family and friends so my highs and lows kind of revolve around family and friends and a high point I suppose would be my daughter graduated from college two, about a month and a half ago uh, with her diploma and she struggled, yeah, yeah. She, struggled she struggled when she went there you know I mean yeah. she had her problems and she wouldn't have seen that coming three years down the line, but she did. The second daughter started in UCD, um, so she'll be banging into her studies as well. So I think, from my own personal view, that was fantastic for me, and I'm sure there's an awful lot more people who look at their kids and actually see them begin to achieve things, and those are highs in their life. Low's, unfortunately, again, it's a kind of a family and friends thing. Um I lost a neighbour. Uh, that I grew up with in Harvard Lunger Park. Bridget Redmond yeah. should have been great friends of my I mother. Knew, I knew Bridget well. Uh, you know Bridget yeah, well. Bridget unfortunately passed away a month and a half ago and it brings into perspective really that, you know, we are only here for a short time. We've mm. got to make as much as we can. I know in the last couple of days we've lost some fantastic people in Cashel, yeah. I'm sure, mm. in Clonmel, Tipperary Town. Um, those are lows, real personal lows that people feel. So, We can go on to the other things, the Mm. Ukrainian war Mm. and and, and fantastic things, but I think at Christmas time we have to start thinking about friends and family and focus on friends and family right now and also into the new year and really look forward to the things that we can be very personally involved in the highs and then also accept that the lows are going to be there, but just... In Jordan, I suppose.
1: Okay, to go back then to Mark's low, and I'm sure to some extent everybody's low, I suppose. Uh, February of uh, of this year, the Russian Federation invaded Ukraine um, and escalated that Russian-Ukrainian war. Um, did you imagine, like a lot of people, this was going to be a short-lived thing, Phil, and it would be in and out, and you know, would
12: Yeah, you see, I suppose when it when it came about first, um, and it was first touted like. I think there was supposed to be some sort of a military exercise done off the coast of Cork. And that then was decided that's not happening. But what it was, was a kind of a distraction from what he was really up to. And the the idea was that this would be um, a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months. And suddenly it became a big, serious, impactful war that was causing chaos all over the world between the oil being affected, the prices being affected, people being discommoded from their country, having to move, coming to a new country, taking in refugees, not really having the facilities wholly in place to support them, to try and deal. Now I think people did as as good as they could do but of course there's always cases where something isn't a fit for somebody and there's difficulties in that. There seem to be At various times, we heard that there was a lot of single young men coming and the feeling was that they should be staying back to fight the war. And as a mother of, well, now not too many, not too young, but um, of young men, the idea that you'd have to fight a war and the potential for being killed was just so hard to, to even imagine. So I just think that the fact that here we are, like 11 months later, With the, or ten months later, with this war in full flow and expected Mm. to continue, and with America now sort of. Kind of given the the finger to Mr. Putin, and he not very happy about it. There's the potential for him to do more mischief. Is is there. And and is I that
1: s- still there? As far as I you're do think it yeah. is still there. And yes. having been a member of the European Parliament, and in fairness, I mean, you know, largely responsible for, I suppose, the peace in Europe for all those years That's since exactly the Second exactly. World War. To 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 have war again in Europe was it? Was
12: that? It, I'd say a very very big shock that something like this could happen and the fact that it couldn't really be controlled because Russia is, is, is so vast that you just you can't imagine that they want to go and take a piece of another country I mean they annexed Crimea they, they, they're, they're the strangest people because the Russians didn't want to be at war this is a war that's in the hands of people who have extraordinary power and extraordinary wealth and seem to be mm-hmm. held by whatever means they seem to be held in very high regard within their country, I would imagine that that's not exactly a correct analysis right now.
1: Mark, w- what about I mean, people who study international politics it, tell me now they saw this coming. I mean, well I mean I think I think there was there was a number of precursors. Crimea was certainly yeah,
11: one of, course, of the twenty four precursors yes. in twenty fourteen when when there was an annexation of Crimea and, and then you have Georgia as well where, where, mm. which was prior to that so I mean I think the expansionists of Putin and, and I, I do agree with uh, um, with Phil saying I think this is a war of the very few elite who who want to bring back this you know perceived Soviet Union and the perceived glory that all that that was and this this strength and I think the fact that that really they aren't apart from being militarily, um, with nuclear weapons, they aren't a superpower. Economically, they're not a superpower. I mean, you know, there's there's no there's no there's no contention in that. But they are a superpower from from a war point of view, and that seems to be what they they're trying to achieve. Back to these glory days where they were relevant, where you know Russia is relevant now because they're at war. But would it be as relevant? Probably not. And um, but certainly, I think Putin. Um, sort of believed probably what he was I mean it's a bit like any dictator. I mean people are afraid to question him or afraid to give him the bad news because they'd probably get their heads chopped off or a shot so he only gets the good news and I think there was a perception that he would suddenly go into the likes of of, of uh, Ukraine and that it would be a you know a, a, a seven day wonder yeah. you know go in flash in you go flash take it over <laughs> that the Ukrainians would welcome with open arms going oh god your big saviour you know Russia's in here to save us um, and that didn't happen and you have to credit the resolve and and the determination of the Ukrainian people over over the prolonged period of time to continue in in horrific circumstances right to but, continue but,
1: but what that they're doing. resolve and I I should leave this to leave, but that resolve is only because of support from the West and particularly support from America, yeah. But that, I think, that, but there's no, but I mean, there's no doubt
11: about it. If, if I mean, look at what Putin has just said in the last couple of days that he's he's going to put troop, he's going to increase the troop presence on mm. the Finland and, and Swedish mm. border. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt that there's expansionist uh, gr- feelings that that Putin has. That I mean, if you if he if he continues into Ukraine, it won't stop there. So I mean, at some stage, you have to draw a line and say mm. no more. And and I mean, there's one thing. I mean, I would have been a big Support and fan of Obama, but I think one of his biggest mistakes he ever made was the red line and chemical weapons in Syria. That he that and that, he didn't that act perceived that, yeah. that perceived reluctance to actually act in that case. And I think in this case with yeah. Putin, it's you I mean you can't allow a tyrant that he is to run to run riot in in Europe because where will it stop? I mean, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that he would continue on.
13: Right, uh, Liam, your your opinion on this will be what? First of all, if you go back to kind of the original question, did we think it was going to be finished fairly quickly? I think I was here in March, a month after this started, and I said it's not going to finish quickly, it's going to go on for years. It's already been going on for years. There's been beef, if you want to call it, between Russia and Ukraine since Ukraine left the Soviet Union back in the the early 1990s. In that part of Central Europe, there's been beef between lots of other countries, Transnistria, Moldova, Moravia, For possibly centuries. There's always contested borders. Um, I'd hate to say that I think if we get invited back here and we're all still here in 12 months' time, we'll be talking about it in 12 months' time. Do you think so? I do, and I I think in 10 years' time, if you think in 2032, we could still be talking about it. What's going on at the moment reminds me very much of uh, the Russians going into Afghanistan, uh, then the Americans backing up the Taliban at the time, and most people won't admit that now. It's a proxy war. Mm -hmm. As you said, the the, the resolve of the Ukrainians, and, and they're entitled to to fight back. I'm not saying they're not entitled to fight back, but we're now 10 months down the line. We're probably talking about maybe four or five miles of a border change one way or the other, where the front line is. And I think in 10 years' time, there'll still be no changes to where the border is, but there'll be probably 100,000 people, civilians dead. This is going to have to be sorted by talks, whether we start now or whether we start in 10 years' time. That's how it will be sorted because it's not going to be sorted militarily. And when you hear um, the, the news over the last couple of days, Patriot missiles now
1: will will, will be um, given to the Ukrainians to to use in, in the, the, the fight. Way,
13: but here, here's the funny thing: you know, we're talking about a war between Ukraine and Russia. There's not a war between Ukraine and Russia because if you were if you were supplying weapons that you were actually uh, fighting a war with, you'd supply weapons in which you could attack your opponent as well the Americans are refusing to give the, the Ukrainians any weapons which will reach into Russia. Mm. They're refusing to give them air cover. Mm. Now, you can't win a modern war without air cover. Well, the Patriot so, missiles, my understanding is, would, this, would give but, air cover. Is the, that the, yeah, least? but this is what I'm saying. This is to stop Russian airplanes coming in, but they're not giving Ukrainians any air, air force themselves. Yes. Their air force was destroyed within a week of it started. So you've got this long slog defensive war which is like the trenches and God knows we can go back 100 years and we thought we were all going to be home at Christmas in 1914 and they dug into trenches, you know, and five years later, there was what, 10, 15 million people dead. It's terrible. Like, let's say, take take Ireland as an example. I mean, there was peace talks in the north in 1971, but people decided, no, we don't want to talk. In 1998, they finally stopped, what, 20 right. or, 25 years later. With three thousand people, so,
1: do you see it as, as as that, Phil, that we could be talking about this in we ten years' time? Oh
12: no, I, I think Martin has he has yeah. it on the button. I think he's absolutely right in mm. his his projections. Mm. And I mean, the real face of this is, say, for instance, if we just talk about the the Ukrainians that have come to Ireland and they're trying to trying to adapt to a new country, new customs, different types of people different types of, of way of speaking multicultural, we have all of that but for them it must be horrendous to think they have loved ones back fighting a war that nobody wants except Putin of course because it's it's a demand for it. it's a power grab it's a land grab and it suits him to get.
1: And should we be doing more? It just concerns me a little bit that there's not enough talk about peace you know?
12: Yeah but I think there is there has been some talks that perhaps there's, there's room for, for talks to commence. But when that formalities or whatever is needed by way of treaties or agreements or signings, whatever is needed to get yes. to that point where you can sit at a table, I don't think Putin is the guy that's going yeah. to be uh, the activist there. I yeah. think he's absolutely uh, an oligarch. He, is, he thinks he is the Lord God Almighty and he thinks he has supreme power. And because he has actioned what he has actioned, right. and with already the loss of life and the discommoding of people all over the all over the, the Europe and and uh-huh. beyond, he, he's he's feeling very very powerful. Mark, he's, am I
1: the uh, only person who found it a little uneasy to see Biden with his arms around Zelensky and this kind of macho thing? And you know, I mean, where where was the mention of peace? Where? But I mean, the, I think it, I think. It's like anything. I mean, I suppose I'm going back to when, I, when I'm involved in
11: mediation. It takes two to tango. And, you know, the reality of the situation is that what Putin has declared is that as long as you accept all my terms and then we'll talk for peace, which means, you know, permanent annexation of Crimea and permanent changing of the border. And then, you know, for, for you. So it's basically a full and unmitigated surrender of Ukraine. And Ukraine are going, well, hang on, that's not good for us. Uh, in some respects. So I mean, it takes two, it takes two sides. And there has to be, I mean, yes, every single conflict that ever has been in history has been resolved through peace talks.
1: But the time... But but there needs to be a time... It wouldn't be a full surrender of Ukraine. Sure it wouldn't. uh, What? uh, If
11: they they had a full annexation of Crimea, that they are not allowed to defend themselves in relation to their own... That that Russia would have an influence on how they can approach, say, joining the European Union or not, who they can trade with, whether or not they're allowed to join NATO or not. That's basically... Uh, Russia running Ukraine by proxy. So exactly. therefore, so there's no, there is no. That's that is not right. that is total surrender.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, so, shaking, so therefore, you're therefore, shaking therefore, your head, Liam, vigorously. There.
13: Yeah. I am shaking my head, Mark, because that's not the case. And it's it's, it's, it's I'm what I'm he It's sorry. what he has absolutely said. I'm sorry, said. it. Let's let's go. Let's go back to when. Have one. you seen the communiques that he has? Just one second, Mark. Let's go back. Let's go back to 2015 with the Minsk Agreement. Minsk one and Minsk two. Of which
11: he well, fucking completely... Hold, hold, hold completely on,
13: hold, Mark, uh, Mark on. give us a second here. Give us a second. I didn't interrupt you. You go back to Minsk 1 and Minsk 2. First of all, the Russians never said they wanted to take over the whole of Ukraine. There was three areas of Ukraine which were disputed between Russian and between, between Ukraine. And the Minsk 2 agreement, which was backed up by the American government, which was backed up by the EU, they were the guarantors of that agreement. Am I right or wrong? In 2015... Yes, yeah, but, but then, but then, why, why would why why would was Putin go into Kiev? If, was, if, if, sorry, if, they, if he was sorry.
11: only interested in the t- in sorry, the areas in sorry, dispute,
13: sorry, he actually invaded so, Kiev. Hold on, a, so that was disputed, and then broken by both sides. No, no, uh, no sorry, sorry, first, sorry, first, I, I, sorry, first stone thrown. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. But what I'm talking about <laughs> is you cannot you cannot talk about a conflict as in the basis of you want to take over a whole country. When you don't want to take over a whole country. Now, in 2015, the American government were quite happy to stand over an agreement <laughs> that said the Ukraine would not join NATO. They were quite happy to stand over an agreement that said Ukraine would not join the EU. They, they were guarantors. For no, 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 you, Sorry, was, no, no. The,
11: the joining of the European Union was, was never actually guaranteed. Joining NATO, yes, wasn't to be open at the time, but go, but the European exactly. Union
13: was not. So what I'm saying is, and, and I, hate to, I hate to make this point because I don't want to sound like an apologist for Putin, but I also think that we should listen to the whole facts of the matter and we should not just have one side of the story because we are only getting one but hang side of on. the story. What, one, on. what, I don't I don't what
1: do you, you, mean you mean by that? that? You're talking I mean, about the escalation
13: ridiculous. of NATO as they Absolutely. move towards the Russian borders. I mean, borders? I mean the Russians... And the Americans agreed between themselves, not just Russia. And they they didn't, they didn't do this unilaterally, pretty much after World War II. That they drew a line across Europe and said, "Okay, this is your sphere of influence; this is our sphere of influence," and that worked fine until about nineteen ninety. But that's, 1990. Not without refer- that's without any reference.
11: That's oh. without any reference
13: to the countries themselves, and, and they were being run by it. And, and well, thank well, God we have
11: Europe now, which actually has democratic processes well, in it. Okay, okay, and, and then I'm we allow it. And I think
13: it's, I think sorry. we've been totally vindicated <laughs> in you, relation can you, to NATO. Can you, can you tell me? Can you tell me then? We have we have one power block NATO, which has eight hundred bases outside of America. All dot around the world. Yes. Russia has about what, fourteen? But
11: that's because but they, hang on, hang on. on wait, the reason, the reason. No, it's not an aggressive. It's because the countries are democratic in their right to decide of how they want to be defended. They don't necessarily have their have their own like Ireland. We have no defensive capabilities right. in Ireland. All so right. I think we, you have to take. We, that we, we have
1: to move on, for everyone yeah. just to give the lads time to calm down, do you want a last <laughs> word on this, Phil? I mean, you know, next year will we be having the same discussion?
0: I do think so. I yes. do think
1: so. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back in just a moment Welcome back to the Friday panel. Phil Prendergast is with us, uh, Liam Brown and uh, Mark Small. And just before we carry on with our skirmish, or I mean our panel, um, can I give away €500 euro in association with the Good Friends at Hall Alarms? They're celebrating 40 years in business and they've given us €500 euro in hard cash to give away as part of that. Um, we have our five finalists, uh, Louise Meaney, uh, Catherine Cockton, Noreen Marnan, Tom Moore and Joe Boland. And we've allotted a number to them and um, uh, can I ask you Phil for a number between one and five obviously we didn't do this in, in order we just gave them a random number between one and five so number five number five and the winner of the 500 euro is Noreen Marnan from Dundrum. So well done to you Noreen and uh, well done to nice Hall of as well. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice prize isn't it? <laughs> and if anybody else there um, the, among the uh, finalists want to give out and want to complain, Phil Prendergast um, <laughs> I'm sure you'll find oh, her
11: but we, it. out. It was judicially overseen by, by, by this side of the table so we, we and, can and confirm did, that did, it was, there was no hanky panky going on. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. Really really fair and well done to Noreen uh, where that is concerned now. Um, Michal Martin he resigned as Taoiseach, he paved the way for Leo Varadkar to succeed him in that planned handover of power. But let's look back at Mihal Martin. Uh, Liam, do you want to take that one first of all? Um, his term as Taoiseach, um, like there were a lot of difficulties in there, that's for sure. Um, some of them from outside of the
13: country, some of them from within the country. How, how did you feel about his performance? Okay, I suppose. Um, I suppose, look, anything I say here, people probably ring in and say I'm being completely biased. But if, if you want to take a neutral look at it, he probably took over at a very, very difficult time uh, because pretty much COVID hit in March. The election was in, in February and COVID hit in March. And a lot of decisions that he might have made over the year, year and a half subsequent to that were really made for him. I mean, you were taking advice from experts. So you may have wanted to, to bring in certain policies or to go down certain routes and you just couldn't because there was no point it was going to be stopped by COVID. So that kinda of took over all our lives for the past two years. Like when I think about it, even thinking back now, say when did I last meet Phil? I met her six months ago. It's almost two years and six months ago because we've almost discounted what went COVID, on. Yeah. Um on a personal level, I I think he's 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 been described as a, a relatively decent guy, and I do I think he is. He's a genuinely decent guy. Um There are certain parts of his politics I don't like. I'll be absolutely straight about it. Um, I think the way he deals with Northern Ireland uh, has been very poor. Um, This shared island thing that he's brought in kind of means nothing. Um, He's had to deal with Brexit as well. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's been another big, massive thing in the country for the past couple of years that I think we're not doing too bad out of, to be quite honest. I think we're we're keeping our heads So all in
1: all, you're saying, Uh, considering... Yeah, Michal,
13: I'd be good. giving Michal maybe a six and a half out of ten, you know. Right, so
11: what about you, Mark? Yeah,
13: I mean, I I think,
11: I, I agree with Liam, I mean, in that in that, a lot of what has happened f- f- for the government or to the government in the last two to three years um, has is completely and utterly outside of its control. And I think if we were to look at how Ireland in the last two years has handled itself... You know, in in the politics of Ireland, in comparison to our neighbour, I think we look pretty spectacularly good. Well, I think anything would look
1: spectacularly good.
11: <laughs> well, a Muppet, the Muppet Show comes to mind, I suppose, <laughs> in, in that. But you know, if you look, if you look at it, and, and then it, there's other crises across Europe and other in other countries which are yeah. which are going through turmoil. Italy is 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 having problems. So I think, as a country, I think we have uh, acquitted ourselves reasonably well. I think, like anything, there was definitely room for improvement in some areas, and mistakes were certainly made, both in the way they've handled COVID. I think, and also the way they're they've handled in some elements of the, um, you know, the the, the crisis fuel crisis, and and maybe you know a bit a bit a bit more clear um, communication about what is going on, what the plans are, and that can give a bit more. I think, as as Phil said earlier, a bit more comfort, because I think people need to have. Comfort in about what and, and to really understand what is going to happen in the future, but, which is hard to help. But I think we're into a probably, I mean, I I really enjoy politics and I love the the business of politics Mm. Mm. we're into a really fascinating next two years in relation to the manoeuvring of the different parties. Absolutely. And I think we we may touch on how they will
1: fight the next generation
11: And and even if you look at the policy movements between, say, Sinn Féin, Labour, Fianna Fáil, Fine
12: Gael, and and the way
11: all their policies are moving and you can see the shake-up. I mean, it's fascinating.
1: Phil, what about that Micheál Martin, his time as Taoiseach?
12: Yeah, I think he did like that. He he was second fiddle. He wasn't first to take over and, and I remember Leo from America announcing the, the COVID, this great mm. new thing that was yeah. going to descend upon us all. Um, So in a way he had to settle for the wheels that were in motion yes. that were put in for that system and he had to stay kind of within the parameters of that. But the big issue here is, has been mentioned by the lads there. Brexit, the influence of Brexit and the fact that it's So much outside our control. Yes. Now, I do believe that um, Simon Coveney has done a huge amount of work and a very, very able man indeed. Michal, I think, only had to wear the clothes to turn up Mm, and to say the bits he had to say because it was very much like he was operating almost like a puppet, but a nice man. Did his job,
1: mm. and and I know it began with the previous government and all of that. But some people might say that the handing over, as as it might be seen, the handing over of the country to Tony Houlihan might be something that in in a few years time, when we look back on this, you know, mightn't have been ideal at the time. No, I
12: don't think it was ideal. I think yeah. there there's a there's a top down system, um, but there's a whole lot. The the ants would be the like of us yes. that are dealing within a system where you can see. The mistakes where you can see the the lack of cohesive thinking, where you can see where somebody is trying to manage um, an A and E and not doing it as well as it could be done. Now, I'm I'm not having a go mm. at A and E's mm. per se. Mm. I'm talking about the the whole COVID thing. I can remember going to the hospital with uh, um, a person that I was in my care, and um, really and truly, it was it was almost this person had an intellectual disability mm. so wasn't able to advocate for themselves and it was it was difficult to get past the door to have an assessment made and that was it was a genuine reason for that so it look and that's a small thing but yeah you I don't think you can absolve and just pick a hero and say this Mm. man is going to know everything and be able to do everything when that man himself at that time was going through his dying wife's story Mm. and that was happening and happened during that period of time so certainly if you put the human side on that Oh, right.
1: well let, let's put the human side on on Leo then who's uh, taking over Liam do you want that first of all and will we start by talking about that video because you know it was strange how it was handled I suppose in a lot of ways um, and he came out himself then and said look that's my private life it should be private that shouldn't have happened and it certainly shouldn't play any part in whether or not he would become Taoiseach as of course he did um, what about that discuss as they say in the leaving
13: side i amazed we're discussing it yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm absolutely honest about it and people will laugh and they'll stand up and sit up in their chairs and wonder what I'm going to say because it seems you're not allowed to talk about it. Um, I think it was, it's, it's ridiculous, first of all. Personally, Do you have a problem with the fact that the media seemed to... I have know, a problem with the fact that the media seemed to have disappeared the video and I'll tell you why. Every person is entitled to a private life, but you have to understand if you're a public figure in a public area, well then the public are going to be interested in what they see. I don't for one second believe that if Mihal Martin was kissing a 21-year-old girl at a 21st birthday party, it would have disappeared so quickly. If Mary Lou Macdonald was kissing somebody, a 21-year-old fella, it would have disappeared so quickly. she never
12: kissed anyone.
13: Absolutely. So what I'm saying is, is I'm wondering, why did it disappear so quickly? I mean, this idea that a politician is entitled to a private life, absolutely. But we didn't seem to give a private life to Boris Johnson. We didn't seem to give a private life to Donald Trump. So why are we giving so much? Are we so worried about privatised here? But beyond that, let, let's go on to Leo itself because I can get quite animated. Mm. Um, I think he's a very, very dis- divisive politician. I, I think there's a nasty streak in Leo Varadkar and, and people won't like me saying that. But again, I, I watched him on television last night um, refusing to talk to, to certain parties because he doesn't like them. No, you have a responsibility as a Democrat. Yeah,
1: but he, he, to does understand. he not deserve some credit? I mean, he yeah, came out there straight and he said, Look, I will this? not work yeah. with Sinn Fein
13: in the event of the party deciding to work with Sinn Fein, I'm out. He is, but I mean, does he not? Does he then discount? Does he then discount the five hundred and fifty thousand people who did vote for Sinn Féin and say that he's? Well, no, he, no he's just no. talking about his own party, Liam, I no, suppose, uh, and you look, know, he's. He, his well, the own majority, it's the majority, I think and we there's four people sitting here, and we may have four different types of politics, but we are all still grown up enough, I think, to be able to sit down, to listen to each other's point of view, and come to a decision that we're not going to agree on. And I think that's the nature of politics. Um, I'm very good friends with Fine Gael councillors I'm very good friends with Fine Gael supporters and we can sit down and we mm. can have a laugh and we can have a joke and we can trash out things and go away without right. Um, right. any rancour afterwards so, I don't so think Is, he, I, fit, is sorry, he fit
1: for the office,
13: Lee? I, I don't I wouldn't have put Leo Varadkar back into the office and not only that but I don't think that if COVID hadn't hit I don't think he'd be in the office because the reality is if you look at the figures the 2020 general election was the second worst election for Fine Gael in their history it was actually the worst in terms of percentage votes. Michael Noonan resigned on the night of the 2007 election yes. after getting 21% of the vote.
1: But in fairness to uh, so, both, both Leo and Simon Harris, I mean, they got such a thumbs up for how they did deal with COVID yeah, but, in the but, initial but stages. But what I'm saying you know.
13: is, is, I don't think he would have been, he simply wouldn't have been there. He would have been got ridden, okay. gotten rid of if they had been if, able to organise okay. party um, Mark,
1: what, what about this? I'm sure you disagree
13: completely. Yeah, no, I mean, I think,
11: I think there's a very different leadership style between um, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar I, I see Michal Martin as the chairperson he kind of like he's you know doesn't really you know put his own views forward he, he's not really he's, he's sort of like a, a kind of a Uh, we'll all be grand Leo Varadkar and I have to respect him for that he put his own
1: view forward on on the United Ireland didn't he yeah but I mean if you look at the way he kind of
11: seems to handle himself it's more of like there's very much consensus there's no I mean it's not it's not leadership when you do need a leader who is and I absolutely respect Leo Varadkar's you know view that you know here is my red line. If, if, if this happens then I'm out of here because I can't stand over that policy. And I totally agree with with having a view and, that's, and that is real leadership as opposed to Ira eh, Shirk we'll see what happens when it comes on I'm not sure what's going to happen now. Um, and I, I actually have to respect someone for that kind of very, very clear and definitive leadership that is saying that if this happens I will do this. And I mean, let's hope, and I, I do hope because sometimes politicians will, will wiggle and change and, you know, as as will be known for them. Yes. I do hope he does stick to his guns. But I, I, I could not ever envisage a, a possibility where Sinn Féin right. and Fianna Fall would ever go into power together. And wh- I,
1: where the private life is concerned and where the I, leaks are concerned no, and all is he fit for office? Absolutely. No, I mean,
11: that's completely irrelevant. I mean, I think the, the you know... What he did, there was, there
1: was nothing illegal. There was nothing untold about sure. it. I mean, it. But was even by his own admission, an Mark, error Mark, of judgment.
11: Mark. An error, error of judgment, fine.
1: Mark, but yes, but it's not you?
11: illegal. It's not anything like that. And I think it's,
13: it's not sanctionable. Right. Can I ask you a question? If you were in a meeting with clients and you were handed a document that has confidential stamped on the front of it and you came out of that meeting and handed it to one of your client's competitors. But that's not what happened. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on. No, let's be very clear. You that, that that what you described you don't understand there. Understand the word confidential.
11: No, 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 What you described there is not what happened. So therefore, let's not
1: re-do uh, that. But right. Okay. You, uh, you uh, that's, have, have tried to
11: manipulate a, a whole, particular direction.
12: That's a whole To, whole other give, a, to give an well. example,
1: um, <laughs> um, what what about that? What about Leo? And and let's take the private life aspect of it first of all, if you
12: want. Oh, well. jingle bell. <laughs> so what what about
11: much that? Of my so much of my jumper being all like, good. Was
1: it like everybody? he said, or most people saying that, you know, it's his private life, it shouldn't have been out there. Um, I
12: think he should have an of his perhaps some judgement in relation to the, the fact that he was in a public arena as a public figure and so anything you do is, you know, anyone can do anything. I didn't see this video, I'm not on Facebook. So, But, um, I mean, I was elected to the Senate the same time as Leo was elected first to the Doll, and we sat on the, the health committee in, in in the doll. And um he he was a doctor, mm. I was the midwife and nurse and all that. And um so we got on very well. Mm. And he's a nice fella.
1: Is he? Yes, yes. he is a nice yeah. fella.
12: And um I I think that when you are in a position where you are representing people or representing a party or you're representing high office, that I think you have to exercise a degree of decorum. Mm. And I think that if you do something that would be considered to be an error, he admitted himself he considered it to be an error of judgment. Um, you have to at times cut people some slack because they can just forget in the moment that actually, you know, I'm always on. But you can never forget as a politician. Well, how, how
1: could you forget that in two weeks' time you're going to be tea-shook?
12: I You see, I, the, the whole it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because I just assumed that he was having maybe a last lash or whatever before he had to assume the mantle okay. of of the seriousness of the position that he represents in this country at this time. But I do believe it it could have been a little bit damaging to him mm. not to have a exercise the judgment that would be required. And just a
1: final one for you. The the fact that it was hands-off for the media for a full week. Yeah. Now, I know people had to be certain that this was a real video and not something manufactured or something like that, And I know there was elements of that to it as well. But the notion that it was so hands-off, what, what did you make of Again,
12: it? Again, I suppose it's because of the position they hold. They have to, I suppose, go through the whole motions of making sure that, first of all, it wasn't a doctored video. But they are very easy to manoeuvre now. Mm-hmm. Um, If you look at TikTok or you look at any of these Instagrams... because yes, at
1: first, I was certain it was a doctor.
12: Yep, yeah. You know, yeah. So... Yeah. Doctored for the doctor, but anyway, it's it's um, look, it's something that I'm sure he regrets, yeah. But um, even having to have a week off, it focuses the attention again on what's there to hide, yes. What what is
13: just to come back on one point, and and you've kind of touched on it here. The content of the video wasn't any problem with me. Mm. What somebody does in their own life, that's their own business. The problem I have is is what you just said is the hands off nature of the media Mm. that if the case that somebody is making a phone call to RTE or making a phone call to national newspapers and say, hey, let's kill this story. Mm. Well, then you have a problem because then you have the press being meddled with or the press making a decision themselves. Now, I don't think there's any coincidence that it's not long after RTE received an awful lot of money from uh, the government and I don't think it's not long after... I know. Well, we, Sorry, we, we, but it's we, not we long after... That's a real exaggeration. Jumping sa- to conclusions. No, what I'm saying is, is, you had newspapers were given a VAT cut in the budget, uh, no. and um, then I, suddenly yeah. certain stories... Ah, I know you're seeing I mean, a full Q, cons- you're seeing a conspiracy. We're, we're now well, full uh, into I, QAnon I'm now. <laughs> if, if, if <laughs> that's the worry, that's let,
1: the worry. And on that note, while we dwell on that, let me take a break. We'll be right
3: back. <laughs> Tip today with Fran Curry <laughs> With Slattery's Garage, poke on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 or or Garage
1: definitely the conversations when we're off air is so much more colourful that's for sure (laughs) anyway welcome back Mark Small as well as Liam Brown and Phil Prendergast I was going to say let's try to to end on on a high note but it mightn't be a high note at all Um, Phil can I start with you to look forward to 2023 um, any positives on the horizon? Are there any sort of light there that we should be looking to? Um...
12: Look Fran, what I would just say is that people should try and and stay positive. Um, it's a new year, it's always a new start. People reinvent themselves and promise to God to shift the Christmas stone plus the stone that came on before Christmas and the holiday stone and there's, there's all these big initiatives that you're going to lose weight and be a better person and get more fit and do all all I can say for people is I wish them all a very happy Christmas, a very prosperous new year, as prosperous as it can be for them and for for people maybe to be more positive that that they're not going to be just dealing with bad news the whole time. I think we're very short on good news at times in this country. It seems to be a spiraling sort of. Bad news, and then when you have enough bad news of your own country, you get the bad news of the other countries, and yes, yes, yes. then you hear about American. Now, the only thing I'm delighted about is that Donald Trump is probably going to get his his comeuppance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and I'm I'm really glad about that. I think that man was just such an evil force.
1: Yes. I I fully uh, I still wouldn't write him off completely, no, no. But, but but yeah, uh, I, I think was, I
12: would write him off now. Yeah, what, I would. The Santos,
1: would, do you think, is going to? The seems
12: is going to create mayhem. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, I yeah. would imagine so. Look, look forward for me uh, a bit, um, Mark.
12: Well, I mean, I think I,
11: I, I agree with uh, Phil. I mean, look for the small things. I mean, you mean people sometimes people look for these huge, great, big things that, that are going that under. Uh, but if you add up all small things that might happen in a day, like you know. You, know, you go downtown and someone, you know, someone gives you a, your park, the parking things to look here, use that up. Or you're left in front in the queue and, in Aldi because you have one, you know, you have one thing. These are little things that you go, oh, that was nice. Yeah. And if you look for all these little things, I yeah, think, you know, passes. ultimately your day will be kind of going bad. Because, I mean, I think it's, it's this old story. If you look for the bad, you'll find the bad. Mm. I mean, you know, if you go on Facebook or you go on, listen to the news, you know, you can pick up, you can pick up all the bad news bits. But sometimes there's some nice news good bits in there and that you're going, let's focus on those. So I mean what I my my thing for next year really is to try and focus on the good things mm. and try and, you know um, you know, remove any of the bad stuff out of yeah. out
1: of things, and, and you you often spoke uh, to me, Mark, and God knows you ha- you have uh, experience. Uh, health is so important. I mean, if you ah, have yeah, your yeah. health,
11: yeah. I mean, I think like yeah, when you have a major, major traumatic, you know, like yeah. like I had with cancer, it does focus your your mind on trying to look for the good things, and I suppose you do appreciate, you know, what I mean. The awful thing is that there are people who I went through chemo with who are longer with us, yeah, and that yeah. for me really concentrates my mind on. Being grateful for like, the lovely day we have out here today. I mean, the friends and people we have been able to come in here on a Friday and meet you and have a chat and mm. to all the people and maybe uh, pontificate away and have the arguments Never with Liam, Liam, and you know. So, so like the, those things are—it's <laughs> so really part little, of life. The little, the little things, things in life, life. Find like find we're not up to Liam.
13: What, what about that? Twi- <laughs> <laughs> One thing I won't argue, Mark, because that—that's literally exactly what I was going to say yeah. myself. Uh, take time. Take, take time. If you're in a queue, wait. You know yeah. you're going to get there. Uh, um I was in a supermarket the other day. I was actually buying a couple of back boxes of sweets and an elderly lady she asked me for help. She was buying Maltesers. And we just stopped and had a chat for a couple of minutes and it's simple. And you know that was nice. Mm. You know, be nice to people. Be kind to people. You yes. know, if you're in a queue waiting for buying things over Christmas in a cafe, be nice to the staff. Yeah. You know, be yeah, nice, be nice, to, be nice pressure, to be yeah. nice to you know staff. You know, be nice to people as you said if you're coming out of a car park wave somebody out. Let mm. them off. You, you're going to be an extra 10, 15 seconds. What's time? You know, yes. it, it really what's time? Um, so that's one thing I'd like people to be nice and to be kind to each other. Look after your mental health. We talk about our physical health. Mm. We do have issues with mental health in a lot of cases here and a lot of that is down to people just being stressed. Sometimes it's about things that, okay, you have to fix. But a lot of times there are things if you just take a deep breath and realize they're not as serious as you think. So you know, take time to look after yourself mentally as well as physically. And the other thing I'd like to look forward to is maybe Tip winning a couple of games in the hurling Wouldn't that be great? Because I think that would lift an awful lot of stress for people. And also Ireland winning a couple of games in the soccer. We have France coming in March and I'm kind of scared already. But I think, yeah. you know, little things like that actually do lift the country.
1: And you, just You mentioned soccer there. And, uh, you know, just just before we go, uh, did, did that final game, did it make up for all of the controversy around um, Qatar?
13: Uh, personally, me, I don't think there should be been as much controversy about Qatar as there was I think it. we really went over the top on that but if you want to talk about the final game I thought it was absolutely brilliant yeah. um, the way I would describe it is is I have two daughters and a wife who have no real interest in soccer but they were absolutely glued to the last They're 45 lovely, yeah. minutes of that game so there must have been some you're, you're not a
1: soccer person i
13: know no, essentially
1: but uh, but did you watch it did i you?
11: i i i just watched the penalties at the end and yeah. my my god was that was that uh, <laughs> was that amazing to, you know as someone yeah. i mean and the, but even like i kind of dipped in and out of it um and yeah. i mean you know the 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 and did we
1: go over the top on the i think demonizing i think there was, I I think
11: there are two elements and i think it's hard it's hard to think if you think of it as, as a sporting as a sporting event and purely take the sporting mm. element of it mm. i think it was an incredible success, mm. but it is very hard to separate it's away from yep. from what was going on and how the stadiums were built. Um, I think my own view was it should never have gone there. You know, right. in the first place and that, all that but that's a different thing. But just but as a sporting spectacle, just about I think it out of time. Disaster. Did it
1: matter to you in the least?
11: Uh, oh I,
12: I, I was delighted to look at the final. Were you I, I, yeah. I did have to say what, yeah. what colour are who <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> because that's the sort of a person, you know, just very, very vapid person I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. All right, that brings our panel to a door. And thank you so much. You're all wonderful contributors to everybody. Thank, yes, I thank I you so you much indeed. Time. That's it for me. So on behalf of Valley and Emma, can I wish all of our wonderful listeners a very, very happy Christmas. and a peaceful and a terrific new year as well and uh, I'm taking a little break for a little while so I'll be talking to you in a few weeks time. In the meantime, look after yourself. Stephen is on the way and uh, yeah, bye-bye now.